Author of Hidden History, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, and Survival of the Richest, Donald Jeffries separates the real from the unreal. Fact from fiction. Fact from fiction. Reverse engineering our manufactured reality. And now, from just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C., this is I Protest with Donald Jeffries. And welcome to I Protest. This is Donald Jeffries here with you, as we do every Friday at the same place and time. I have a very special guest coming up. I think she's going to be on at around 5.30. We'll see. Maybe she'll show up a little earlier. We'll bring her on then if she does. Uh, Mickey Whithoff is the mother of Ashley Babbitt. I'm sure most of you guys uh, have heard about that. The uh, Air Force veteran that was unfortunately uh, killed by police officer Michael Byrd, who faced no repercussions for it whatsoever and has actually been treated as a hero for it, uh, shooting an unarmed uh woman like that who's just expressing her constitutional right to protest. So that should be great. So until then we'll uh we'll just kind of go over I don't know what are the what are the headlines in the news here. Jeez. I'm not I'm not as good as this as David Knight. I don't have all the papers in front of me and everything. He's he's fantastic at that. But uh boy, I mean what do we have? I mean we have you know the pandemic continuing. We have uh World War Three it seems like every week. You know, we, we have, uh, the, when I'm on uh, Jeff Rents, when I'm on uh, America Unplugged, which I'll be tomorrow at 12 noon with uh, Tony and uh, Billy Ray, uh, it seems like we're talking about, uh, boy, are, are we on the brink of World War III? It seems like it's all the time. I don't know. But so far, they keep, you know, they keep like uh, head faking us. And I, I'm not sure, you know, not that I want it, believe me, but it's it just seems like nobody's trying to prevent it. You know, and I'm reminded, again, going back in history, I'm reminded of what happened uh if you read uh, the hidden history of the Civil War, then uh, no one tried to prevent that either. And I, I, don't, I don't think anybody else but me has ever talked about that. And I looked at that a little bit. I mean, not, not, there wasn't a single statesman on either side that tried to stop this thing from happening, an internal civil war. Just amazing. And I, I go through the, uh, you know, I go through what little there is out there about it. I talk about it in Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776, 1963. So uh, you can read that for yourself, but that's where we are now. No one is trying to stop this from happening. Uh, the left and the right, you know, other, you know, somebody like Tucker Carlson on, on Fox, he seems like he's against it. But uh, all, almost all the Republicans, the vast majority of them, are on board. I mean, I don't know what Marjorie Taylor Greene and people like that think of it. I really haven't heard their comments about that yet. But uh, uh, certainly, Lindsey Graham is, it, and we heard. Uh, Elon Musk. I mean, and, and Elon Musk again. I know, I know what Elon Musk is. I, I've seen, you know, the pictures of his uh, his wife and his mother and so forth. Uh, okay, I just thought that was a text from Ashley's mom, but it wasn't. Um, so I know what Elon Musk's background. I know he's an incredibly weird guy, and he wants to put chips in, supposedly. But he he said some things. Obviously, I have to support that free speech. And if he gets Twitter, hopefully that'll be. Hopefully they'll finally. Uh, fix that and people like me will be free to tweet to our heart's content because uh, I those of you who listen to me on Twitter spaces, I was doing them regularly a couple times a week and uh, I got good response initially. Uh, lots of people were uh, you know excited about it and tell me, hey, this is great, you know, you love your spaces. But uh, the last few were just duds. and and uh, people said, well, we're not getting your notifications and that's apparently the way it is. So uh, 
that's the same thing that happens to me on Facebook. You guys have heard me complain about that a million times where I really can't promote anything. So it's hard. Like the show like this, I tried promoting Ashley Babbitt's mother. I think it's a big guest, an important guest. Uh, a couple of days early because people tell me they get they get they'll get like my tweets or my posts days later or something when whatever the event is I'm promoting is has already gone by so it's uh it's lost its significance but so hopefully people uh enough people saw that they'll be listening and I see William Hale on YouTube saying good morning Don Sydney Australia calling <laughs> that's and it's fantastic to know and I hopefully see Australia I've heard from Australian Ben for a while but it's nice to have you. Uh, William there as well as from Australia. So, and I know it's uh, not perhaps a great time there. I forget what time it is there, but um, hopefully you enjoy the guest. So I, I don't know. What, what do, do, do we have a, um, do we have a, an anti-war movement left? I don't think we do unless you have people like my friend, Cindy Sheehan and uh, my friend, uh, Cynthia McKinney. Uh, that's about it. You know, Naomi Wolf, maybe I, Pretty sure she's against World War III, my friend. Uh, uh, Tulsi Gabbard kind of seems to be. And again, this is on the left, uh, which is where you used to find the anti-war people, but you don't find them anymore. And on the right, you have people like Tucker Carlson. I'm sure Pat Buchanan, I'm guessing, haven't heard much from Pat Buchanan in a while. I mean, he's getting up there in age, and I, I guess he's uh, really not on TV. I'm surprised Tucker Carlson doesn't have him on, I guess, sometimes. But I, I've tried to get him. I would love to have him on the show, but he's... Uh, People never get back to me, so I would love boy. I just I admire that guy so much. He's probably, I think he's the the biggest anti-war advocate we've had over the last thirty years. That seems strange to say. And there's Ron Tate and the Hey, Rhonda, good to see you. Patrick S. Uh, let's see here. Make sure, I had this down. Uh, Okay, we just have a few people here. I'm sure we'll see Chris. Oh, Chris says, yeah, why, are, why aren't the violent crisis pregnancy centers firearms being prosecuted like the January 6th insurrection? It's absolutely, Chris. There's no question about that. Um, peace is a bad word to them, as, as Patrick says. You said that, buddy. Uh, good question. Chris brings up a good point. And uh, that's, you know, well, certainly I'm sure Ashley's mother will uh, be able to relate to that. But, yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous that um, – that you, I'll, I'll, in the American Free Press, I'll be uh, having something about that in the issue where we'll talk uh, more about uh, about the unbelievable way the FBI has been targeting uh, these people that aren't in jail already. I see, okay, in Facebook, we have Christopher Buchan. Hey, good to see you, Christopher. And our my old friend Felix Caraballo, who's apparently the only one who my, my shadow man doesn't work on. You know, when I post something on Facebook... I know Felix is going to respond to it, no matter, usually with like a million gifts of people from the office and stuff dancing and saying, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I, don't, I don't know why it's, it never seems to work on him. So he must have some kind of superpower against uh, shadow bands or something. But uh, so good to see Felix here. And I hope we have uh, lots more people jumping into this. So that's where we are, you know, potential World War III. And I, I don't know if you guys noticed um, – that uh, another one of these uh, mysterious deaths, sudden adult deaths syndrome, I guess, that's what they call it, a uh, 30-year-old, uh, gorgeous young girl, 30 years old, uh, had won some kind of uh, a WWE challenge a few years back, so, or whatever, so obviously in good shape, certainly looked physically fit, and uh, just died. And, you know, her, her mother, you know, announced the death and just said, you know, he's gone to Jesus, typical stuff, you know, sorry. 
Uh, and of course, the family didn't announce that it caused a death. So every time, I mean, we're seeing this more and more. I mean, I, I don't know at what point Americans and people around the world are going to wake up, but this is so obvious. They're, they're, I mean, where they're, they never used to have where they, where they just didn't it, once in a while they would not give the cause of death in some of these deaths and usually it was because drugs or maybe suicide was involved but other than that now they would they would they would never do that if, if they're doing that it's clearly because there's as uh, Scott McCullough said when he was on this uh, show not that long ago uh, he's or maybe it was the Donald Jeffrey show I think he was on that show for that went kaput, but soon to be revived on uh, freefm.com. We'll be promoting that uh, in the upcoming weeks as that'll be coming shortly. Billy Ray and Tony's uh, venture, which I'm uh, going to be a part of, fortunately. But uh, as, as Dr. McCullough said, he said, there's only, there's only one new thing that's been introduced in the equation that would explain all this incredible 40% increase in deaths between those 18 to 64. And that was 2021. It's going to be much higher than that in 2022. You can guarantee it. Uh, the only thing that's been introduced is the vaccine. So clearly the vaccines are killing people. Uh, Christopher Buckin said another jab tard got their comeuppance. Well, no, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, and that's, but, you know, unfortunately a lot of us have families and friends. So, you know, we don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to see people get their comeuppance that way. And it's, it's, you know, it's, and this is, they, they came up with a perfect, you know, they, they've had hobgoblins. They've tried it out for, for decades and, but they finally realized, man, there's nothing people are more that can scare people more that the fear porn works better on than their own health, their own mortality. And so I don't blame most people. I understand, especially old people uh, are they're going to be scared and they're going to say, you know, well, I'm just I, I better do this to be careful. And they trust they trust their doctors. They trust the system. I don't know why they do, but they do. And uh, William Hill says, genuine question, Don, where do you put Anarchy. No masters, no slaves on the political spectrum. The spectrum is not accurate. Far right is communism, fascism, and left is zero control. Well, I mean, I can only analyze it the way the way uh, society defines it. And society would put anarchy at the absolute far right, where uh, you would have uh, communism on the, on the far left. The absolute far left, if it was complete government control, anarchy would be no government at all. And I, I've said, you know, that it's becoming harder and harder to argue with the anarchist because the authority we have is so bad and so corrupt. I think it's a, you can make a really strong argument that they do way more damage than good. So even though you think you need a structure of a society and you, people think of anarchy, wow, you know, uh, at this point, we, we, there are trappings of anarchy right now. I mean, look when we, in the, in the 2020 black lives matter riots, uh, the cities were, you know, was that, wasn't that anarchy when Seattle was taken over for a couple of weeks by the, uh, the black warlord that was, you know, came from crisis acting central in Hollywood with the who's and everything. Uh, wasn't that anarchy? It certainly seemed like it, but, uh, Oh, she says she doesn't see a link. Uh, Tony, Tony, if you're listening, uh, she says she doesn't see a link. God, I hope I gave you the right number. Sorry about this, folks. We're trying to, I just want to try to make sure she's on. Um, so forgive me while I try to clean it. Tony, if you can hear this, Ashley's mother said she didn't get the link. So let me let me make sure. Uh, 
Okay, I'm sure I want to make sure I gave Tony the right link. Sorry about this, <laughs> but I, I I don't want to miss this guest. Um, let me make sure I got that. Yeah, it's it's you should see it. Okay. Sorry about this, folks. I had to text and write. This is why I need a co-host. I, I am going to be. Uh, I, I may be looking for a co-host here, somebody to play off as well, too. And uh, but anyway, so hopefully Ashley's uh, mom will be able to see that. But Tony, she said she doesn't see it, and I, I checked and made sure, and the number I gave you was the right number. Uh, let's see what I'm missing here. And uh, okay, Tom, I saw Rents. I thought we were talking about Jeff Rents. Uh, Christopher talks about the idiots we have working for healthcare in this country. Absolutely. I mean, it's horrible. And again, I, you know, that's, I, I could write a book about it, you know, based on my own experiences because I worked in the medical industrial complex for 44 years until they fired me for helping out a handicapped coworker. Um, I could write a lot about it. I even had the title, which would be uh, uh, on life support. I think is given. There's Tony. Um, hey, Tony, Ashley's mom is saying, that she doesn't see it. Uh, I'm, I'm looking again at the text I sent you. Right, just whatever you do, don't don't uh, sound no, out. No, no, oh no, 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 yeah, I know. Oh, well, I've been known, I've been known to do things that stupid, but uh, <laughs> I've been I've been known to do that too. I'm just reminding you of my own conscience. Okay, um, just yeah, make it's, sure. def it's, it's definitely right. Okay. Yeah, so I I don't know why she's not seeing it, but uh, I. Uh, I don't know, hopefully she'll answer it out, but it's still, no, it's not, it's no email Don. I mean, it's just, she, you know, let, yeah, let me try that. Let's see. We can, let me try that. Cause she didn't give me an email. Sorry about that audience. So yeah, it's okay. Um, um I'll, uh, I'll get out of the stream Don. And, and I just wanted to be able to talk to you, but yeah, just we'll try it again, possibly, uh, or I can call her. Let me see what I can do off air. Yeah, because actually, maybe you can call her. Try calling her line because she she seems to answer. So maybe do that and see. You got it. Thank you, sir. Okay, we have Chris Grayshaw in the Facebook now too. The the Biden cabal will scurry away like cowards, rats when their tails between their legs. The bunkers before triggering nuclear Armageddon. Well, yeah, I, I don't I don't know, man. And of course, you know, I uh, we uh, and I wrote my you know my recent Substack article. Um, Mainstream science beginning to question manufacturer claims about MRI. That's right, Chris. And I and again, I as I'm I'm finishing up my book about uh, not finishing, but I'm I'm getting into the final stages of the book about uh, the pandemic. Uh, we're going all over this stuff. I'm uh, I'm showing how all these all these things now. It's people, so many people in the mainstream. They're they're belatedly admitting that uh, that we were right. They just but they're but they're not, we're not saying we were right. And of course. Uh, Let's see, Jason Barker, CM integrity, uh, proven track record of failure today. Absolutely. I think you say that about everything for pretty much all our leaders. Uh, let's see what we have here. Jason Ronda Tate, Chris Graves. Okay. I'll look more there. That's still uh people are still going in there. But um so I hope we can get uh, Ashley's mom on here. But so, you know, here we are at this at this stage. It's, it's just, you know, 
so on the one hand, we're dealing, and I, I said, you know, there's this like, trifecta of, of what we're going through. Uh, there are really three horrible things. And, and one, of course, is the, uh, is this pandemic, this, what I call the greatest psyop in the history of the world, where people are falling for absolute nonsense. Uh, you know, Alice in Wonderland, Lewis Carroll invented the thing where he, t he had the Red Queen say, well, sometimes I've believed as many as 12 impossible things before breakfast. Well, Americans are believing 12 impossible things about this stupid <laughs> narrative every day, pretty much before breakfast, and they continue to. Uh, this is absolute. When you, when you can get people to be so controlled and brainwashed that they can accept that they have to get a vaccine, they have to have a vaccine, and the vaccine is completely, you know, this is the most important thing in the world. It's a godsend. We have to get it, and you're, you're endangering everybody if you don't get it, but in the next breath, the same leaders tell them, well, it, it's not going to stop you. You're still going to get COVID. So they're still getting it multiple times. And it, it, it you know, talk about Orwellian doublethink. You know, or Orwell in 1984 came up with the, the doublethink, which is the ability to be able to uh, simultaneously believe two contradict completely contradictory things. Now, Americans have become great at doing, oh, I think I see Mickey now. Great. I think you're seeing coming on. Let me try to bring her in. Hey, Mickey, hey. how are you doing? I'm okay. I thought I had 10 more minutes. I'm just checking it out. I didn't want to be late. How, how are you guys doing? Oh, fine. If you want, I can come back to you in 10 minutes. I just wanted to, you want me to wait 10 minutes and bring you in then? Yep. I'll be ready in 10 minutes. I'm going to go to the car so I can hear you guys. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. I'll bring, I'll bring you back. Okay. In 10 thank minutes. you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So we got uh, Mickey. That's going to be good. So, um, at any rate, so we, um, let me see what I'm missing here from, okay, Krista was asking, Pistol Boken asked, what are your thoughts on a possibly dollar, i.e. Fed note crash by Chris? <laughs> I, it sure seems like they're, I mean, I took some more money out of my 401k. I mean, I'm not going to have anything left in there uh, because I just, I, I don't trust the market. I don't trust the system. And uh, it's, it's just horrible what they're doing. And uh, I, I, I fear more than anything right now, I fear the, uh, the possibility of the digital currency. And I think that's what most, because if we don't have cash, I mean, theoretically with cash, you can have um, or things like silver or even simple bartering. You can, you can um, exist that way. I mean, you know, remember bartering, we all learned that in school. That's what, that's what people did a long time ago. And we may have to come back to that. Might be a good way to get past all this, but if you have a digitalized currency, especially tied to a, a Chinese type social credit score, which it would be, it's over. Because people like me, people like any of us, but especially any of us like myself or Tony or anybody that's that's in the public eye at all that has a show like this or writes like I do in Substack or have books, uh, literally everything. And in, in my case, everything on my resume. Everything that's that's traceable on me, every all my posts on social media, even though they're a shadow band, they're still there. They can find them. All of them are against uh, the the order, the ruling order, and they are would be considered uh, black marks on any kind of social credit score. I don't know how they would grade anybody, but certainly I would be. <laughs> I would have about as low a credit score as possible, social credit score as possible, and. Uh, if they tie that to a digitalized currency, the social credit score would be bad enough.
But if they tie that to your ability to finance anything, then literally you may not be able to have shelter. I mean, you know, how, how am I, how am I going to pay my mortgage payment if it's tied to my social credit score? Well, I'm sorry, you know, this week and we'll have to foreclose on you. How am I going to pay my, uh, you know, pay my uh, electricity, my water, all my utilities, cable, uh, you know, internet, you know, thank you internet. I live on the internet. So um, I'd be lost without that. And that's what we would all face because we would all be graded by basically our thoughts. And these, again, the social credit score is based on the, the concept of thought crime. Again, we are, if you think there that, uh, that that was a fantasy of Orwell's, we have thought crimes. There's no question about it. And uh, I am a thought criminal, obviously. And, uh, you know, it, it worries me a great deal because I don't think that many people would fight it. They haven't fought anything else. So why would they? And I think it'll be basically you'll have the same attitude you had back when unconstitutional SWAT teams and, and no-knock raids were instituted in the 80s and the 90s. And then you had the, uh, the the roadblocks for drunk drivers, all the things that people like me were ranting and raving about back then because I saw the direction it was heading and nobody cared. And the, 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 the attitude on the part of the majority then was basically, well, you know, if you got nothing, if you're not drunk driving, you know, why do, why do you care if they stop your car? If you're, and that, that was basically it. And uh, looking for texts. And uh, if you, you know, if you're, if you got nothing to hide, why do you care if they come and, you know, bang on your door and, and demand to see, uh, why, why do they keep, why do you care if they want to search your car? You don't have any drugs or anything there, right? There. And that's, that's the, uh, that's what we should be concerned about is as is, is, is much the the attitude of the citizenry as we do the part of the leaders. Uh, Tash in USA overseas, only digital makes sense to start. Bernays sauce says Bernays. Yeah, Bernays is a, <laughs> it's a good name to pick, isn't it? With uh, uh, Bernays, uh, the, social, the uh, social engineering guy. Let's see if we got anything in the chat. Let's see what the Rockfin chat is doing. Uh, Jason Barker says, we're now GMO species, going to have to check for the pure blood before getting married now. So I said, well, yeah. And well, not only that, but if people like Jeff Rents are, are, are correct, you know, I'm on Rents every Monday. And I hope you guys listen to me there at Rents.com. Then uh, everybody that's vaccinated is going to die. And, uh, you know, that, that would, I would be very sad because it'd be a lot of people, uh, you know, basically my entire family, except for myself and my kids, fortunately. But uh Let's uh, Jason Barker says with the high school education, I saw this coming just by the nature of how the MRA works. Yeah. Call that to chat. A lot of us saw this, you know, we saw this, uh, but nobody listened just like they didn't listen to any of the other times. Uh, Chris Graves says the Soviet pipeline to Europe was sabotaged in 1982 and the couple of the CIA. I mean, you know, come on. It's, it's, it's so obvious. I mean, at this point, you know, you don't normally have the, uh, the chief, you know, the, the suspects on tape. As recording, uh, as as we do with Joe Biden and uh, Victoria Newland, Assistant Secretary of State, or whatever she is, same the same woman that she's got loose lips that sink ships. Uh, she's the one that uh, uh, told Congress, uh, "Well, yeah, they're they're you know, the America does have some U.S. does have uh, bio labs uh, over in the Ukraine." So she she admitted that after all our officials said, you know, for for months, no, no, that's that's a conspiracy theory. Exactly. Well, now Victoria Newland is on tape. Back, uh, in, I guess a year ago or whatever, months ago, anyhow, saying, uh, 
assure that Nord Stream, not Nord Stream 2, is uh, don't worry about that. We'll take care of that. NGI. And the big man, the big guy himself, Joe Biden, said, you know, don't worry, don't worry about that. We'll take care of Nord Stream 2. It will not, you know, will not be up. Don't worry about that. And when the reporter said, Well, well, how are you going to do that? That's controlled by Germany. He goes, I trust me, it, it, it'll be taken care of or something like that. It's like, what? So I don't know. Do you do you need much more of a confession than that? So, the, but the idea again that this awful and you know how I talk about the media. Everything I talk about, if we had an honest media, it just even if we had just one or two couple, one television network, couple newspapers, maybe something, just a just a tiny portion of this monstrous, uh, huge corporate media we have. If just we only had a few outlets that had big circulation and uh, big viewership. If we only had that, that would make all the difference in the world because people could gravitate. The, the same reason people, a lot of people now, if they watch anything on TV, they watch Fox News because it's, for the most part, the least objectionable of it all. Certainly, Tucker Carlson is. So if you, if you have to find out something or it's just simpler to watch on TV, you figure, okay, well, that's probably going to have the least spin there maybe. But it's still obviously it's part of it. But uh there is no newspaper outside of American Free Press that I write for. There's no certainly no big uh, daily newspaper left. That uh, although people don't read newspapers now any anyhow, but there are not. So you you have to you have to rely on platforms like this, and that's why it's so important to support the work of alternative journalists like myself, like Gary McBride, who was my guest last week, and I'll be interviewing Gary um, for. And he Gary's the one who got me the contact info for Ashley's mom, so he he knows a lot of. Uh, people associated with because he's done great work and he need, his work needs to be recognized more. So he's, I'm going to interview him and in, uh, for the next issue of American free press about his work. And he uh, he's working on a uh, film with uh, prisoner six of the prisoner six show and uh, Lisa Belanger, you know, my buddy, a crusading attorney and Chris Graves world's greatest researcher. So that, that will be great, but they certainly, they could use your financial help to, uh, to get that done. Uh, Chris Gray says prosecutors hold off final but Hunter Button case. This is amid talks with defense lawyers. Yeah, I mean, it's it, does anybody doubt what's going to happen there? I mean, it is shocker that they, you know, may if they prosecute anything, it's going to be his uh, stupid gun charge or something. Okay, I see Mickey there. Let's add her to the screen. Hello, Mickey. You ready? I am ready. Great. Well, it's great to have you here. Mickey Whithoff is the mother of Ashley Babbitt, and I think pretty much. Everybody listening to this show knows who Ashley Babbitt was, and uh, she was the Air Force veteran that was shot and killed, unarmed woman, unarmed protester on the January 6th uh, inside the Capitol building by uh, Officer Michael Byrd, who had a, a bad track record and nothing was done to him. In fact, he was kind of treated like a hero. And Mickey has, uh, she set up a website for Ashley.com where you can learn more about her, contribute to uh to them and she is uh I, I'm amazed that you're you're not just a grieving mother, but you're you're going outside the courtroom every day and you're protesting and you're sitting in on these hearings. You're concerned about the other defendants. So it's great that you have empathy for others. So for, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming in. And uh just uh I want to express my condolences like everybody else uh for the loss of your daughter and it's the, the fact that you're probably not going to see any justice for it. So talk a little bit about how how did Ashley get get to the point where she wound up from San Diego in Washington, D.C. on January 6th? 
Well, I, first of all, I appreciate your condolences, and I, and I just want to say that I will see justice. We will see justice, and I'm I'm 100% convinced of that. Um, Ashley got from San Diego to D.C. because she saw the way that this country was going and uh, believes that the election was not a, a fair and valid election and went to redress her government along with two million people that day. Um, it was, from, from what I've heard from everybody, it was a powerfully... Uh, patriotic experience until it wasn't. And it's my position that the, it was due to the Capitol Police and the way they launched uh, warfare on the American people. Um, some people were waved into the Capitol um, and then others were the first time they were no longer welcome there were uh, flashbangs and, and bullets. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that Ashley was not the only uh, unarmed American citizen to die that day. We had Ashley Babbitt, Roseanne Boylan, Kevin Greeson, Benjamin Phillips. And in my opinion, Officer Brian Sicknick's blood is on their hands because he had a stroke that day. And in sticking with the theme of the day, they did not render him aid. You know, my daughter had a possibly survivable wound if they would have rendered her aid or or let American citizens that were there and ready and capable of rendering her, rendering her aid, render her aid. Instead, they chose to let her lay there and die. So um, that is justice we will have. We will have justice for Ashley Babbitt. We will have justice for Roseanne Boylan. And we will have ju justice for Kevin and Benjamin and Brian Sicknick as well. Well, that and I, 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 I Roseanne Boylan. I got to tell you, our friend Gary McBride. Until I talked to Gary McBride, I had no, I, you know, I had never heard of Roseanne Boylan. I've, I've researched this more than most people, and uh, I, I'm amazed. And again, it's great you mentioned. I'm still, I'm trying to get her sister to come on the show as well, as I know she's done some interviews. So, uh, talk, how do you? Because Ashley was, they pretty much mentioned her right away. Now, of course, they. They tried to claim it was justified, which is ridiculous. But why do you think Roseanne Boylan especially got lost in the shuffle until Gary pretty much, I think, discovered her? Well, I, I think that all these people have been lost in the shuffle. And I don't think they would have let everybody know what happened to Ashley if it hadn't happened on live television. I think that um, this is a corrupt, immoral government we're up against. But like you said, you know, I've been here in D.C. since August 1st. I've been uh, holding we have been holding vigil outside the San Diego. I mean, San Diego, the D.C. Gulag, where they hold our men. And we sing the national anthem with them at night because despite the fact this country has treated them horribly, they um, still gather together and sing the national anthem as a, as a group. And we are outside the jail to be there to do that with them. Um, it's a powerful experience. But during the day, we do sit in on trials. We have um, right now the Oath Keepers trial is going on. And I don't know how important Americans realize that this trial is going to be and it'll set precedence they're going after the seditious conspiracy theory for all of them but also you know every single one of these men's men is further having their rights violated their constitutional rights violated because they can't have independent trials this courtroom is literally a circus they have five defendants at the table 10 lawyers um, um six prosecutors um nicole reffitt is here with me i don't know if you're familiar with nicole reffitt she's guy reffitt's wife um, Guy Reffitt is a January 6th uh, defendant, um, and and uh, she sits in on on the, she's been sitting on the Oath Keeper trial. I was at Ryan Nichols hearing today. Um, the DC jail has they they moved him due to a ruckus, and and as as a result of being outside of the DC jail uh, holding our vigil, our live streamers activists uh, called and reported this this uh, Lieutenant Lancaster. She's a detention facility guard. And uh, she was actually put under investigation for a while. But the system is so corrupt that I, I don't think that she will um, receive any retribution for it because she um, or repercussions from it. I'm sorry, but because she's probably back on duty. But it was our live streamers that did launch an investigation into her. She um, uh, uh, 
Maccabee was sprayed with OC spray and left in his cell for, you know, 13 hours. We have Bart Shively, who is a 30 year veteran of this, uh, of, uh, I believe, a Green Beret or, or Special Forces. I might be uh, mistaken him with Jeff McKellar, but he is a veteran. Um, he uh, Bart Shively has um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma because of Camp Lejeune, and he's being treated horribly in there, too. Said, you know, he was left alone in a cell and thought he was going to die. Then these men are being tra treated horribly. And, and uh, you know, like I said, if you, if you don't believe in why the American people were there to protest that day, you absolutely have to believe in their right to protest. Absolutely. And and that is that it's been um, the full weight of the American government has been brought down on these men. They're overcharged, underrepresented. And then when they do make it to court, they deal with judges that are so prejudiced and biased. They say things like, you know, the only patriots there that day were the Capitol Police and that every. <sighs> Everybody there was the antithesis of a patriot. Well, I beg to differ. And I have also seen footage of the Capitol Police behaving reprehensibly, as well as the Metropolitan Police, who are responsible for Roseanne Boylan's death. Absolutely. Well, so now how, so obviously Ashley was motivated to come because like a lot of us, you know, were, I mean, it, we, this is, uh, the corruption has gotten so extreme. And obviously after what happened, we, we saw that it was a lot worse maybe than some of us even thought. It's just out, almost unprecedented, the level of yeah. corruption we have to deal with now. But when she went to Washington, what were your, did you agree with her politically or did, did this make you more political when you saw, when you lost your daughter to this? Well, Ashley was absolutely an entity into herself. And whether I agreed with what she thought or not, she was going to think it. And that's her American spirit right there. Um, you know, Ashley embraced. I'd like, like when people ask me, what would you say to people that said she deserved what she got? Well, you know, Ashley defended this country in four tours of duty in the, in the Middle East um, as a young woman. Um, she was injured in battle and lost her ability to have children. And then this country killed her and denied her rendering of honors. So I would just say that, um, you know, my daughter was a driven quintessential American female, and I'm proud to be her mother. Well, Did I, I answer I, your question? I may yeah, have answered it. No, no. That, well, that was, and I, I, I just remember I had to have you on the show when I heard you on uh, Rudy Giuliani's show, of all places, and uh, you were just so impressive, because right? you're, you're articulate, you're passionate, and, uh, you know, a lot of, a, a lot of people, a lot of the families involved in these things, I'm thinking Seth Rich's family and places, like uh, deaths, they, they disappear into the woodwork. They won't talk about it. And they resent people like me that want to talk to them about it. So I'm so glad you're willing to. And obviously this whole situation, when you saw not only did you lose your daughter, but when you saw the way it was treated in a way it took so long to identify Michael Byrd. And then when they did, they, they uh, it didn't even matter that he had left a, a loaded revolver in the Capitol bathroom before, which I would think should get him fired. I would I mean, think so, so too. Yeah, but, but uh, just so how... What, and, and it's you. Now, what about the rest of your family? What what impact uh, has this radicalized you all? Have, have you all now become like <laughs> Ashley was if you weren't before? I wouldn't say we're radicalized. My goodness. Um, no, activated. I would say activated. This has activated me, you know, and I wouldn't be able to speak for any other members of my family. I mean, it has affected every single one of us so differently. And it has also taken a toll on my family. I mean, this is just an unbelievably unprecedented experience we're going through and so i would i would be i would not be willing to speak for anybody else but i would say that this has activated me that i was um 
apolitical like the rest of like so much of the rest of america and and i think that of course you know i mean when my daughter was dirt or, uh, murdered publicly executed it, it forced me to open my eyes to things that i never before realized i mean a year and a half ago you would have really had to convince me that the fbi was crooked i mean as crooked as they are yeah. and um that they were culpable that day. And I believe that that's why we're not allowed to see the 14,000 hours of, of footage that Nancy says we can't see because yeah. in, in that, and that's why these men are sitting there without the discovery against them and being forced to take horrible plea deals because right. if they are given the discovery against them, it's the same footage that would show the culpability of the FBI and the, um, and, and the the act the actions of other bad activists that are possibly government paid. So I think that we absolutely need an investigation into the Capitol Police and what happened that day. Not a January 6th committee hearing, but we need an investigation. <laughs> we, we need an investigation in the Capitol Police's behavior that day. Why there was no why there were no reinforcements, why they were spread so, th so thin, not any of them knew what was going on and and why they waged war on unarmed American citizens. Right. And why they waved them in. I mean, we you have that on tape. They waved them in. And they, Absolutely. <laughs> so it didn't look like Absolutely. they were trying. To, uh, but, you know, and I, I, I'm i sure you may not know that because this really radicalized you. But somebody like me, I've been a rabble arouser forever. And uh, I can remember that what this January 6th thing, it, it, it bothers me so much, the January 6th commission, because it's it's an unconstitutional commission. It's unlike any ever created Congress because there is no opposition. There's not right. even a, a, a token Republican opposition that people like Jim nope. Jordan and stuff. So in the past, when you had hearings on Waco and, and Ruby Ridge, horrible atrocities, uh, POW, MIAs, people like you, in a case like if they could been like past commissions, those Republicans like Jim Jordan, people like that, they might have called people like you. You would have gotten to testify to Congress. Now they the Democrats still wouldn't have paid attention to you, but at least the American people would have seen the other side. Uh, now they have to they have to tune into shows like mine to right. see the other side to see you testify, and that's right. that's that's terrible. And it's uh, I I can't imagine what you must think. Did you? Not that they would ever, you know, respond to you, I'm sure. Did, did you try to or your organization try to attempt to uh, contact the January 6th commission and maybe demand to testify or something? Well, I've actually only been in D.C. for one scheduled hearing, which was canceled. We're not exactly sure why. I think it was the lack of interest. But, you know, that being said, sitting in on some of these trials that I sit in on, some of the defense attorneys, well, one, one defense attorney in particular, asked for the... Uh, transcripts of the January 6th hearing and and they were told that they, they were under no this is these are the government's <laughs> words they were under no obligation to provide the transcripts because it's not a legitimate committee so that's the government's own words the January 6th committee is not a legitimate committee okay well, so I'm glad we already knew that but those are their words to the, to the rest of America and you know also another interesting point is when you go into these courtrooms and these men are being tried not only are the judges pre prejudiced but the whole city of DC is listed as a defendant. So how can you get a fair trial when exactly. when you are are being tried with victims with victims right. as as your jury poll? And I believe that you know January 6th committee hearings took the the tainted jury poll outside of this city and tainted the whole United States of America because it was force fed into American living rooms. You know, these are our, our networks that didn't have news on, or ordinarily didn't have news programs on at that time of day, and every single one of them did. You know, who controls that? Who says it's okay to to, to uh, brainwash the American people? And and mainstream media, in my in my opinion, that's what they do. They brainstream uh, American, I mean, they brainwash American citizens. And that's it's just so, I mean, you can hear the same phrases over and over and over again. Yes, and they would, yes. not, they would not touch the truth of that day. 
Well, it's un unfortunate that I'm sure you're fully awake now, but it's a hell of a way to have to wake up. And I, I, I really feel for you there. You see the question on the screen there from Chris Gross about the, the uh, coroner requested cremation within days of January 6th. How were the families told about this? What do you know about that? We, we hear that. That's one of the things that I hear in alternative media about the oddly asking for, to, to, for victims to be cremated. I don't know if that includes uh, Ashley or not. Well, I can't speak about anybody else's situation. I absolutely think that Roseanne Boylan's body was not, I mean, that wasn't in compliance with her family's wishes, but um, cremation was absolutely in compliance with Ash Ashley's wishes. We had an independent um, autopsy done before she was cremated, and it absolutely was within her wishes to be cremated. So that's what we had done. And um, oh, okay. DC was, was bogged down in uh, red tape, and um, just getting anybody to do anything was... was uh, damn near impossible but yes yeah, she was cremated by family request so that's a that's a farce that didn't happen but i would okay. like to also address what has come up to me recently again through sure. um john pierce who is a lawyer for nclu and and i don't know if i'm allowed to cuss on your show or not but he's a piece of sure shit. You, you say, say whatever whatever say whatever the hell you want sure and that's right we, well okay <laughs> john pierce is a piece of shit I, he just uh, went on Twitter yesterday. We did have a meeting with him. My, my son-in-law, my husband, and myself had a meeting with him a long, long time ago. And then he came out on Twitter yesterday saying that um, that he wouldn't take my case because Ashley Babbitt's not dead. Well, he knows better. And I don't know. I really yeah. don't know what kind of publicity he's trying to drum up for himself. But he's an unethical, drug-addled piece of shit. That's John Pierce. John Pierce, you are a piece of shit. Okay, thank you. I'm well, I, I, I hope I hope he's listening to the show. But uh, yeah, I was I wasn't going to bring that, but you know, and that's unfortunate. What happens in these cases that you do have people saying that uh, people like your daughter aren't really dead. In fact, I while researching for the show today, I saw on a conspiracy website they were showing some video recently. I think in a baseball game. I don't know if you saw that or not. They, they it, it was a girl that looked, I guess, like Ashley. I mean, I don't know how much, but this is Ashley Babbitt there. So that unfortunately you get that. And I'm sure you have to hear that as well. So that, that can't be any well, fun. And you would be surprised. We had counter protesters outside the courtroom today that say horrible, horrible things to me. And um, uh, yeah. these are people that you may expect it from, but I know, I know John Pierce knows better. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop harping on John Pierce, but you expect that from ignorant people. John Pierce right. isn't ignorant. He's just an ass. So, so, you know, people are going right. to say what they're going to say. And, uh, you know, like I said before that they can thank people like my daughter for the right of the right to free speech, because she did dedicate her youth to this country to go overseas to the Middle East, and she was deployed four times in her young life. Yeah, and she and she died, you know, while exercising her own constitutional rights. To, Absolutely, uh, to, to assembly and Absolutely. protest, which is it should right. be the, the what we're focusing on. Ver, Veruca Salt says, uh, she, "Is this Ashley Babbitt's mom?" Yes, it is. This is Ashley Babbitt's mom. Oink oink says they rush her in. Uh, let me see if you have other questions. Prairie Fire, Tom Cooper, good to see you. Uh, just want to see if I have any other questions here for you, and then I'll go to the other chat room. But um, so it, it, you become radicalized by this, and uh, how activated, activated, yeah, oh, active or activated, yeah. And there you go. So when, so you, and I know I saw a video of you a while back outside, getting kind of a little bit of you know altercation with the police or whatever outside the jail. There, when did you decide to make this more than about you know your own tragedy? Were you deciding that you care? Because that that's very, that's a lot of empathy you're showing that you're you're willing to go because a lot of people can't go past their own situation. And you, you are trying to advocate. You're talking about Roseanne Boylan. Uh, you're advocating for the people that are in there. You're talking about the unfair trials that they're receiving, the sham trials. 
Absolutely. Uh, what, so what, what do you, uh, when did you take it to that next step? Was that right away? How long have you been doing this where you, and you, and you decided well, to no. make it about the defendants? Well, in, in, in the beginning, I didn't get my head off my pillow as you could well imagine. And then, um, Ashley, and this is, you know, some people may, may believe this. Some people may think that I've absolutely uh, lost my mind, but Ashley did come to me in a dream. And, um, it was before I knew there were political prisoners and she made it clear to me that these are her people. And since between those times of, of that dream and me going to DC, I heard her, I mean, I heard myself say out loud a hundred times that if Ashley was alive, she would be there protesting at that jail until every single one of those men was free. And I, I've said it in my head a million times. So I went to reawaken where I spoke with Dave Summerall from Stop Hate, and he told me to pray about my path forward because I was like, I just don't know what to do. I can't go back home and do nothing because it, it's ju it just became impossible to do nothing. And he told me to to uh, pray about my path forward. And then, you know, the next morning I woke up and it was clear to me that I need to be here in this cesspool of a city. And I need to um, try to be a voice for these people that are voiceless. There are so many Americans that don't even know we have political prisoners that we have in 16 different facilities across this country. Yeah. Um, D.C. actually is not our largest. We have more men in Northern Neck, Virginia now than we do in the D.C. Gulag. So and they're also being treated horribly in, in uh, Northern Neck. Have you been able to, because I, what I, and I've, I've written a lot about, because uh, I, I think it's the biggest story in America right now, considering all the other stories we have, the break of World War III and everything, that's saying something. But uh, the fact that, as you say, so few Americans seem to realize that they are political prisoners and yep. they've been held with, without all due process. They've been denied all their constitutional rights to fair trial, speedy trial, many denied bail, allegations of uh, solitary confinement and beatings. We, we don't even know. And, what do you think about when, I guess it was, God, months, many months ago where uh, four or five Republican Congressmen, Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, uh, Tim Gates, I guess, a few others. Louis Gomer, Marjorie Taylor Greene, yeah, um, Matt to, Gates. Yeah, they all yeah. went to the jail and found out there were horrible conditions in there. And um, well, actually, now the jail, they're trying to get accredited. So. Um, they have had some some prisoners uh, doing floors and painting because it's lead paint in there. There's mold, there's species. And uh, to get this accreditation, they have actually been um, invoking slave labor from our men. And um, Jeffrey McKellop, who's a 30-year Special Forces uh, uh, Army Ranger, I believe, um, I, I'm sorry, I don't know. I may be misquoted. He, he's a veteran, a 30-year veteran. And he said, you know, he, he um, complained about that and they put him in the hole. So and he's also the same one that had such an abscess in his mouth that he had to take a staple to it. So, you know, these men, um, they, they've written a letter um, requesting to go to Guantanamo Bay because they know that they would be um, treated better there. And I just, you know, and this is America. And I know that Americans don't realize this is going on. This is day 637 of my, yeah. I, I believe, 637 of, of no justice for my daughter. And these men are in pre-trial detention. They're, they have not been, the, the vast majority of them have not been convicted of not one single crime. And they sit in solitary confinement in pre-trial detention without being given the proper discovery against them for their lawyers to even deal with for 637 days. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It's appalling. And it fit, I mean, I, I consider myself a civil libertarian. I think there's almost none of us left now, but... Are, are were you shocked that and I, I still am I'm even though I know there I knew there weren't many out there but I'm just amazed that there aren't any civil libertarians especially on the left the ACLU which is now not concerned about civil liberties anymore they admitted that uh, you know it's the American Civil Liberties Union 
But uh, they, the fact that nobody, no attorneys are stepping forth and, and saying, what, what is this? Look at what's going on. And or, that, or even that you didn't have some high profile civil libertarian come to you and say, I want to get justice for your daughter because that guy, Michael Byrd, should be uh, prosecuted for this. This is ridiculous. But I assume you haven't heard him. And my friend, Lisa Belandra, I don't know if you know Lisa or not, but she's done some great work as an attorney. And she's uh, very distrustful of a lot of the, and Victoria White as well, is very distrustful. Uh, there seems to be a lot of uh, people in the inside that are that are not really working for you that claim they are. You want to talk about that some? Well, I'm not sure exactly who you're talking about, but I know that we have had a lot of Congress people uh, do a lot of interviews on TV and say how unfair it is. And yet I've seen no action on anybody's behalf. I mean, yes. like you said, months ago, they went and knocked on the door and said, yeah, it's really freaking horrible in here. And then they went away and who's heard anything from them? Not me. Oh. Not me. Well, I think there was Victoria talks about, is it Cynthia Hughes? Is there a Cynthia Hughes? Cynthia Hughes is with Patriot Freedom Project. Yes, again, she distrusts her. I know. I know nothing about it, but I know that's what she's messaged me about her friend. Do you know anything about her? About Cynthia Hughes? Yes, I I know Cynthia. Okay, okay. Well, that's that's. I mean, I, I hear these things, but I, I'm just amazed that there that there's not an outcry from the people. Here you have the January 6th Commission, which is trying. Basically, it's not trying individuals, but it's collectively. And really had millions of Americans as well. That, uh, you right. know, that well, I, well, I, I know um, Victoria White as well, and she's been through horrible, horrible things. And yes. um, uh, I, I can't remember the officer, Officer um, Bagshaw. Officer Bagshaw yeah. is the one that beat her. And he's had two two promotions since uh, since he yes. beat Victoria yes. White within, yes. within an inch of her life. And, yes. um, you know, Cynthia Hughes, her, her organization, it, you know, it, it's uh, I know that Victoria doesn't care much for her. And there has been some controversy surrounding Patriot Freedom Project of late. But I do know Cynthia Hughes has helped some of the some of the J6ers and um, that, you know, whenever whenever you you stick your toe in this pool, there are going to be some people that are displeased with you and some people that are pleased with you. And uh, some of the controversy surrounding Patriot Freedom Project, I don't know enough about to comment on. But I do know that Cynthia has helped some patriots and um, Victoria White is a victim. And I guess that um, the two of them don't see eye to eye because they didn't connect in the middle. But, um, you know, there are so many different people doing like um, uh, Dave Summerall with Stop Hate. He does amazing work for everybody. Um, his is more investigative. You know, um, Patriot Mail Project, they, they make sure these men get letters and people know where to find them. Um, my partner out on the corner of the DC jail vigil, um, Randy Ireland with Americans for justice. He puts money on their books every month for commissary caps, citizens against political persecution. They have written, um, they've raised money for, for the J sixers Kara Castronova, who has written many articles for the gateway pundit, um, ha have actually raised over $2 million individually for these men. So if you have questions about these organizations, the, the best way to donate to these people is to go to their individual gifts and goes, which you can also find on Patriot mail project. Do you, you see the question on screen there? What is, what does she think of the Epic times situation with Gary McBride? Gary's work is fantastic and needs to be heard more. And I, and that's, that's true. Uh, do you know well, anything about I think that? About, well, I don't know about the controversy between, um, well, I do know that Gary McBride has, he's probably the foremost expert on uh, video from that day. If you need a piece of video from that day, you give a time and Gary McBride knows where the timestamp is and he knows, and he's done excessive, excessive, amazing work on behalf of these people. And um, 
I really don't know his connection with Epic Times. I know Epic Times put out an amazing uh, documentary, The Truth About January 6th. I think that that was amazing. And uh, I don't really know his connection to Gary McBride. In yeah, that, that, well, that, the, 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 the documentary supposedly used uh, all of all of uh, Gary's work and didn't credit him. So I think that's... Well, and I uh, don't know uh, if they used all of his work, but I know a lot of people, a lot of people are thankful Gary McBride is so diligent. And, and I, I'm one of them. Gary McBride is a diligent man that has put his heart and soul into this, uh, into this situation, as well as so many other people have. I mean... Um, you know, once you get in this, you just can't not see past the the horribleness of that day because, you know, it was such a patriotic day. I see footage of, of my daughter walking down the inaugural path talking about, you know, God bless America, patriots. And I take comfort in that because I know that it was a good day for my daughter until it wasn't, until those sons of bitches killed her. So, so I know that it was a patriotic day and I appreciate everybody there that was there to, uh, to, to experience that with her. And I appreciate the American citizens that showed up to speak up for us that day, because I do believe it was a stolen election. And I think to sit back and say nothing is absolutely un-American. And so I, I do have love in my heart for these men. And I've it is, like I said, it's not my position to say that everybody there that day behaved like a boy scout because we've seen some people being naughty, but Let's try them reasonably, give them reasonable rep representation, and try them in a reasonable court of their peers. That is not D.C. These people are not anybody's peers. This is a government-run no. city, and the corruption is amazing. We have one of our live streamers be assaulted by the same guard that was out there the night I got assaulted. You said you saw some tape of me being assaulted. Yes. That's because yes. we dared to sing the national anthem in the parking lot of the uh, D.C. <laughs> Correctional Facility and didn't move. How dare you? So, I know. So, yeah. so... um. Yeah, Officer, uh, oh my gosh, Hauser. Officer Hauser called for backup. And by the time we were up the sidewalk, they followed us up the sidewalk. And they got, one of them got really like in Nicole Reffitt's space. So I took out my phone to film him. And that's when he hit my hand and knocked my phone out of my hand. But this I is how they that. treat two, this is how they treat two women on the sidewalk. Can you imagine how they treat those men once they go inside and close the doors and turn off those little uh, body cams? It's awful. And, that, I, and that's what, again, I can't believe that, Nobody. Oh, the ACLU doesn't exist anymore. I mean, they're they're no. not the ACLU. They're not, and and so no. no one is concerned about this. And it's it's amazing to me that this is allowed to happen, and that the fact that they are all, that they're they're having this show trial. It's nationally televised, where uh, it's gonna. They already, as you point out, that the hearings you have attended in person, you know, they're going to get an incredibly biased judge that's against them. They're not going to have much representation at all. And uh, the, the 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 cards are stacked against them, but at least they're they can get, get presumably get some kind of a, show, a trial. But this show trial makes it. How are they possibly going to have a trial after they've been tried on television? Right. All of the, how could they possibly get an untainted jury pool? Right. When people think they already know the truth. And as far as representation goes, we do have some men that have had some amazing representation. I watched the whole. I said it on the whole Coffit Simons trial, and um, he had a public defender. And she actually has a different political persuasion, but she defended him like he was her little brother. She did an amazing job. And I believe from what I saw, all the evidence provided that she disproved two of the assault charges and yet he was convicted on them. And, and the thing is, you know, they have all these charges. It's like double charging. It's like 
assault, assault with a weapon, assault while wearing a shirt, assault while having a heartbeat, assault while being a human. I mean, it's just excessive charging over and over and over. And he was found guilty on every single charge. And I know, I know from sitting in that courtroom, some of them were disproved. I also know that I watched officer Gunnell cry like a freaking bitch and lie on the stand. And, and the, uh, the, the, the defense attorney, um, you know, she proved him to be wrong. She's like, look, do you see his hand touching? And his answer to that was, you don't understand. You weren't there. I'm a hero. That was his answer because he has been told by the people in charge that he was a hero that day. Yeah. No, and I can understand what you said. You see, there's a question on screen for you. John Bassiglone says, I'm happy she's fighting and applaud her standing in the gap. What have you heard about Ray Epps? Oh, I hear I, I hear Ray Epps name every day and yeah. uh, people do not understand why uh, why he's not been charged and every every single person around him has been. But as far as having the answer to that question, I don't know it. But I don't understand the rhyme and reason for anything. I mean, some men that are have the same charges and some of them are, are released to, to wait a wait trial at home and some of them are still sitting in jail. We have a set of brothers that actually, you know, were there together all day long. One of them's at home. One of them's in jail. So I really don't understand um, the rhyme or reason to the government system at all. No, it's it's, it's the fact that this guy's on tape uh, trying to incite people, and the crowd is is chanting "Fed, Fed, Fed, Fed." They know what he is, right. and they're not they're not interested in prosecuting this. Yet they're they're still SWAT teaming uh, people's houses that weren't weren't even at January sixth. They're trying to tie it to him. Uh, Gemini Moon says she, she loves that Ashley Ashley came to her mother in her dreams. That is, that's very good. Uh, and Veruca, I was trying to see what happens. Veruca Schultz. Oh, thank you, Veruca. I think the Donald show should have so much more. It should. <laughs> more people watch. Get the word out about it. But um, so well, what do you know about what, know? what do I know about yeah. what? Well, go ahead. Go ahead. And I'll ask. Well, you I was that. just going to say that a lot of people think that, you know, um, that, um, that January 6th, people should get over January 6th and move on. But I would just like to say that January 6th was a day when unarmed American citizens were murdered. They were beaten and they were thrown in jail with excessive charges and the key has been lost. And I think that that should outrage every single American person. Because oh, if, you're, if your constitutional rights are not guaranteed to every single person, they're not guaranteed to anybody. That's not you, not me, not anybody. If they're not guaranteed to everyone, they're guaranteed to no one. No, and I don't know what anybody would expect you or any, I mean, you lost your daughter. How do you get beyond that? And the, the, as for the other January 6th people, they're in prison. They can't they can't even, can't even the. Be, be charged with anything half of them they're just they're just political prisoners how do you possibly get beyond that i don't understand that but we, we all should not want to get beyond it because it needs to be scrutinized and people it's other than tucker carlson a little bit i don't know if you think of his coverage but uh he's i think he's i don't think he had you on but i think he had your son-in-law on uh a while back but. he had my son-in-law on he, he did have my son-in-law on a while back with our with our previous lawyers so um, you know, but at least Tucker touches on it. So, I, you know, not much, not, not many other mainstream media people do. Newsmax has done some coverage on it. Greg Kelly does, you know, he mentions Ashley often. Um, you know, Real America Voice talks about it. But, you know, as far as your main, more mainstream media, Tucker's probably, um, you know, the one that said the most as far as being on Fox or any of the ma- other major new- news hey, networks. He's, a, he's about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he uh, he kind of runs hot or cold, but he was... Uh, he was good for a while there. And I hasn't mentioned Roseanne Boylan, but I maybe he doesn't know about her, you know, or anybody else. So many did, people did. don't. 
so many people yeah. don't. But I'm going to you know what? If you watch uh, um, Epic Times Truth about January 6th, yeah. you will see Roseanne Boylan's death. You will see Leela Morris overhand swinging on her already dead and bouncing body, already <sighs> bleeding from her nose and her ears. They killed that poor woman twice. And nobody is answering for that. They murdered my daughter without so much people say, oh, Ashley should have complied. You know, my daughter was well-versed in the use of force continuum and all the steps were skipped. Michael Byrd did not even identify himself as a man, much less a police officer. And I believe gave her no command. So, it, it, you know, let's roll tape. Let's see. You know, I myself have not watched my daughter die. I've seen it through my son-in-law's eyes and my family's eyes. And that's enough for me. I will not watch it. But I have seen enough up to and after to know what the hell went on. So I, I say, if, if there is nothing to hide, then let us see the 14,000 hours of missing footage. Absolutely. And, and and you touched on this on Rudy Giuliani and I was impressed with it, but obviously anyone like you that's, that's associated with this kind of tragedy must draw the inevitable comparison between what we saw the summer before. Oh, Black absolutely. Lives Matters and the fact that what would the reaction and you mentioned if she hadn't been if she had been black or something, what would the reaction have been if this had been a Black Lives Matter riot and a white cop had shot an unarmed black woman? I mean, I, everybody would know her name. Uh, there were, it would be I mean, just could you talk a little bit about that? But obviously the answer is obvious. But from your perspective. Well, it's obvious to me that his name wasn't released so that when it came out, it would be a big deal that he was black. Because I think that it's just mainstream media, well, and the government's um, a further attempt to drive wedges between the American people. I personally don't really care if Michael Bird's black, yellow, green, purple, or no, red. No, no, he, He's a murderous son of a bitch and needs to be held accountable because he's a murderous son of a bitch. But I do, I do understand the comparison you're drawing between Black Lives Matter riots and, and the and the Trump protest. Right. I get that, and the the political climate though, and and the the. Um, you know, I, I think that Americans live in neighborhoods together in harmony. We live as neighbors. We live as friends. We live as co-workers. Our kids go to school together. They play baseball together. And I believe as an American people, we love and get along with each other until the government gets involved. And I in no way think that those riots of the summer of 2020 were... were um, you know, I, I believe that they were government instigated. I believe that, you know, that people right. were bust and paid to be there. I believe that there was an in the front door, out the back door policy. We had our, our, our leaders on TV going, yes, take to the streets and be as angry yes. as you can. Yes. Of course, you yes. have a right to be angry. Go yes. be angry. Go burn stuff down. So, so I believe that that was perpetuated by our government, by our media. And I don't think that it's the average citizens of the United States of America that hate each other that much. I don't think that we have, I believe that as Americans, we have more in common than we have in, 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 in contrast. And I think that, you know, whatever differences we do have as neighbors, we work out as neighbors. I mean, for the most part, I'm not saying, you know, nobody ever fights and right. we don't need this. And we don't need that. But I believe as a people, we are Americans first and color after. And I believe that that's go That was going forward uh, at a much rapider rate and until, you know, the summer of 2020. And I, I do believe that if Ashley was a, a black girl in, in this time, I mean, in, in, in this particular moment in history, I do believe that it's because she was white and people think she had white privilege. Make no mistake, my daughter worked for every single thing that she ever had. My family is not white privilege. We are strictly working class and, and um, have had to work hard for everything that our family has ever had. So Ashley does not play the white card privilege. And um, to have that suggested or, but it, it, it's also, you know, we, we have a, 
I, I don't, my notes are, are back at the hotel, but there is a lady that is an activist for the, the prisoners at the DC Gulag, not just the J6 prisoners, or maybe even an exclusion of the J6 prisoners. But she says that we are the right message, but the wrong messenger. And I would agree that, that we are the late messenger, but not the wrong messenger because it's the same message. But we do need prison reform in this, in this country all the way around because, you know, seven people have died in the DC Gulag this year and it's due to fentanyl overdoses that the guards are, are, are smuggling in. So, um, and also, you know, the beatings, the rapes, the, the people die and their families aren't notified. Um, the, the isolation, the just brutality by the guards that are there who are oftentimes not American citizens. These, these jail guards are not American citizens. Yeah. It's, and well, and, and again, I think it's just regardless of the color, cause I, I don't think the, re, I think the response on the part of the establishment would have been the same if that Michael Byrd had been white. I don't, I think that was irrelevant because at this point they're making heroes out of the Capitol police. And it's ironic that the summer before they wanted to defund the police. And yeah. in that case, they were, they were scrutinizing every, especially any black person that was shot by a cop. And we just look at the difference into what happened here, but I, I, and it must hurt you so much. And I can't imagine what it feels like to have people say she deserved it and stuff. But I mean, I, and I, I know you obviously don't think that, but it's, it's horrible that anybody would say that because again, she was, I don't care what she was there protesting. She could have been Antifa. It doesn't matter. Uh, nobody has a, a, a police should not be shooting somebody unarmed like that. She represented a threat and it's just, it's, it's horrible. But then the people that are, uh, do, do you, what, do you think sometimes that maybe, uh, of course, have you lost her so that I can say that, but I mean, Obviously, it would have been pretty horrible. Well, if she had been in prison, if she had been one of the ones in prison, and she had been beaten and solitary confinement, and you couldn't, I can. I, are the family members? Is anybody allowed to see those January six prisoners that are in there now? The DC people are not allowed. That's that's another thing too. Maybe your visitor, I mean, maybe your viewers could figure out a way that we could get them video visitation because you know there have been so many excuses why they're not allowed to have visitation. The in-person visitation was uh, originally because they would not get vaccinated. Everybody had to right, get vaccinated. Right. And they, all right, but the video visits, there have been different excuses given. One being that the tablets that they have do not. Uh, aren't compatible yeah. with the, the service they have. So, you know, I believe that we could get American citizens to buy a couple tablets or computers for them to have video visits if, if that was the case and and uh, for them to relent and relinquish. But, um, you know, we, we don't know how to go about getting them video visitation because we've been stymied at every turn. So if anybody can come up with some creative ideas, that would be helpful because yeah, these men have not seen their families in 600 days. That's horrible. That's horrible that they can't even have video visitation. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris on the screen asks, uh, have, have you, she wondered why Trump didn't mention Ashley for so long. And I know he met with you, but a lot of us are critical of the fact that he pretty, he was pretty silent about not only Ashley, but the whole situation for many months. Did you wonder about that? And what, how much did, what did he say to you when he met with you? Well, we, we had, we've had a, a few uh, phone conversations and he actually did call into the vigil the other night outside the jail and, and uh, spoke to the man at my, at, at our um, candlelight vigil. But um, I would say, I think president Trump was a great president. I think he's a good person with a good heart, but president Trump is only one man. And I think we all need to look inside ourselves and be our own heroes. We, the people be the people, you know, you absolutely have to just stop saying we, the people and go be those people. You need to, um, you know, get off your couch and, 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 uh, 
go do what you can do. You know, even if it's just call your representatives, fly a flag outside outside of your house. So, you know, it's just become such a symbol. of. I mean, when I walk down the streets of D.C. with a flag, you'd be surprised how many people won't even make eye contact with me because it's just such a radical symbol here in D.C. And uh, so, um, you know, I I. I don't know what to say about President Trump other than he he's one person and that um, we need to uh, look inside ourselves and, and find some of our own solutions and not count on one man for, for so many different things. Have you heard from any of any of these other politicians, Marjorie Taylor Greene or have, have any of them contacted you? I have uh, met with uh, Louis Gomer. I've met with Paul Gosar. I've met with Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Matt Gates, um, Congressman Biggs. And no. Troy Nels. Troy Nels is amazing. Oh, that's great. Well, that's great. And it's and you know, they're, and of course, they, of course, they get attacked as well because they're probably the closest thing we have to <laughs> maybe to representatives uh, in Congress. But do you do you feel like uh, now by going there every day and the vigils and everything? But so, but you can't. Has anyone from your group ever tried to, I mean, I, I guess they, there's no chance of you getting inside and seeing anybody, right? Oh, no, we're not allowed to. I have been to the Alexandria jail and visited uh, an inmate there and um, have plans to go visit another one. But that's in the Alexandria, Alexandria jail. I um, I think Northern Net can have video visits and um, the D.C. Gulag gets nothing. Yeah, I mean, it, I just... I'm shocked at you because I, I I think Gary told me that I guess you can because he said I could try to that, that there there is a way I guess the prisoners can take phone calls or something because the way I understood it that they have been I guess they're allowed to talk on the phone but they just can't video visit. They are allowed to talk on the phone. As a matter of fact, they do call into our vigil every night and we put them on loudspeaker and live oh, stream. Cool. So they have been able to talk to the live streamers through our our uh, phone conversation. So yeah, they are able to use the phone. Have you talked to uh, one, one of the prisoners that most interests me is Joe Biggs because he uh, he was a you know a, a central figure on Infowars with Alex Jones for many years. Did, did, are, are you familiar with him? Have you talked to him? I have not spoken with him. Okay, because I he he was the one of the ones that wrote an open letter, and I wrote about it in American Free Press, where uh, it was uh, one of the open letters that exposed the conditions there. Yeah, and he talked about what they were doing and how long he'd been in solitary confinement and everything, but. Uh, this guy was, he was something of a celebrity in our world. And it's just, it's amazing to me that he's, uh, that, that he's in there like that. And uh, it's, I, I just, again, I'm shocked. I'm not a lawyer, but I am a civil libertarian. And uh, I know that people like Mark Lane was my mentor, the JFK assassination guy that I worked towards as a teenager and people like that, that were civil libertarians. I can't believe if they were alive, I think that they would you guys would be hearing from them and they would be, you know, demanding answers and trying to expose this. And even a lot of the liberal press in the old days, the Rolling Stones and things like that, when they're, they would be talking about this. But I, I, I get to say, have you have you met any sympathetic mainstream reporters, maybe Glenn Greenwald or somebody <laughs> that 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 that's, is, is, understands what's going on here? Nobody that's allowed to say so or has said so to me. No. Well, actually, that's not true. Uh, in the hall at the courtroom the other day, uh, a lady from CNN actually stopped me and expressed condolences for my daughter, but not over the whole situation of how, um, you know, our Constitution is crumbling and so many people have been lied upon and done wrong by that day. 
you know, including President Trump, because, you know, like we said, he's only one man, but he is a man that they didn't, I believe, you know, they didn't give President Trump uh, one moment's rest when he was in office. I think that, you know, from the moment he got in there, they were trying to impeach him and never gave him the respect the office of, of the president of the United States deserves. So that's how well, what, I feel about that. You know, I think. Well, he was fighting I, well I, and that's 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 amazing, really, because a lot of people would would be mad at him, I think, in this situation that because the people, Ashley and all the others were there for him. To support him, what do you, what's your sense among the people? I would like to know what Joe Biggs thinks uh, of the people that are in prison that you have talked to or have talked at your rallies. Uh, are most of them still supportive of Trump, or have they kind of uh, turned on him? A lot of them are still supportive of President Trump because you know what President Trump did was, and he was still the, the still sitting president of the United States of America. He said, come to D.C. and march peacefully. And these people did come and most of them march peacefully. And like I said before, I believe it was the Capitol Police, the Metropolitan Police that waged war on unarmed American citizens that day. I don't see that as President Trump's fault. I see, um, you know, perhaps there may be a little bit more he could do since then. Uh, but, we, you know, we really don't know what he's doing behind the scenes. This is such a... a um, you know, when people say deep state and corruption, you have no idea how high that goes. I probably, I mean, I don't even know how high it goes because every day I'm surprised by what we're up against. Every day I hear judges in court say certain things and I'm surprised. I see footage of FBI agents just um, coercion and, and, oh, let me be your friend. Tell me this. Tell me that without even people being in a custodial interview. But they don't know it's not a custodial interview because they're being followed everywhere actually you know they're being asked questions without their rights because because but it is you know and they're just violations there you know um doug jensen doug doug jensen's trial is in my head right now he he walked six miles six miles to turn himself in and talk to the fbi agents quite an extensive period of time and they were like yeah we'll be your buddy we're gonna give him a ride home we're gonna this and really came off to him like you know and i guess american citizens maybe as american citizens we should have already been a little skeptical of the fbi but i'm telling you the way they were talking to him it was like they were his neighbors his friends you tell me this yeah. we're just gonna hook you up get you some water send you home it was just utter bullshit what they did to him and and so many other people you know so many other people and then they want to violate people for having cap guns in their house or or look what they're doing the entire Munn family who gets sentenced, I believe, on the 11th of this month. Um, six of them walked in the Capitol and turned around. He brought his kids here to for historical, you know, like a, a high school senior trip. Yeah. And uh, now six of them are, are, are facing jail time on, on the 11th We're, of September. And that to oh, me is just mind boggling. It's it's uh, I. I'm amazed even to hear that. I mean, I know I know about a lot of them. I said Victoria, I've had on my show. I had a couple. I had one woman on who is scared and wants to stay anonymous because she hasn't been arrested, so she doesn't want anybody to know who she is. I had another guy that was anonymous that is uh, maybe in danger of prosecution. But Victoria was, you know, you said mo most of these people, if they were guilty of anything, most of them were guilty of nothing except expressing their constitutional right. But okay, maybe if if you want to say it was it would be a misdemeanor or something, maybe a misdemeanor charge or something. That that's that other than the few that broke windows, but Victoria tried to stop people from breaking windows and she was beaten so to a pulp by a cop, and then she Ashley, faces 30 years in prison. Right. Ashley tried to stop Zach Alam from breaking that window. There's actually footage of her giving him a left hook after he broke the window, and then seven uh. seconds later she was shot. You know, um, 
all of this stuff is just uh, mind boggling. And, and, you know, some of the charges are actually parading. You know what parading is? It's carrying yeah. a flag. They were carrying a flag. Yes, oh my God. Yes. And some of the charges are interrupting commerce because Safeway, this is, <laughs> I, this is real shit. Safeway yeah. had to close due to the curfew and the American citizens in jail right now are being charged for interrupting commerce. So because Safeway couldn't stay open till 11 o'clock that night and missed out on their 10 to 11 uh, um, business, or, or I'm not exactly sure what the hours are there, but it is actually a charge for interrupt, interrupting uh, commerce. So that is a charge that has been uh, levied against Kyle Fitzsimons, I believe, Doug Jensen, and um, probably everybody else going forward because you know Safeway had to close. Well, Chris wants to know, have you have you heard from two unlikely people who obviously aren't associated with this, Joe Biden or Alex Jones? I have not heard from Alex Jones, which kind of surprises me. But yeah. no, I've not heard from Alex Jones. No, that does surprise me because obviously your son-in-law heard from Tucker and uh, you'd think that. But I guess he's got his own uh, he's got his own courtrooms to worry about. His own right, kangaroo right, courtrooms. Right. And, and they are kangaroo. Believe me. If you know, I've I, seen them. I've yeah. Seen and them. I. So the judges you're seeing, like in his trials, probably what you're seeing all the time, especially in D.C. I mean, these are they don't even make any pretense at being uh, impartial. And no. I and it, what what's your sense of the attorneys you've seen so far that are representing these uh, defendants in court? Do any of them look like they're actually attempting to do a job or most of them going through their motions and just public defender type of stuff? Well, I, I believe several of them are doing a good job, but they're up against such a system that I don't really know that that's going to do any good. I know this is another unconstitutional uh, uh, thing that happened to Doug Jensen when he was uh, he asked for, for new representation because he didn't feel like he was getting adequate representation. And uh, the judge asked him why so late. And he said he had just obtained the funds to hire his he was going to um, hire Steve Metcalf, who is amazing. And uh, his public defender did not do an adequate job. And he wanted to switch attorneys before his trial started. But because the jury had already showed up that day, too, we hadn't even there had not even been a jury selected that day. He was told he could not change representation because um, it was too late in the game, even though the trial had not already started. I think the Oath Keepers have some very capable men in there fighting for them. I believe that Natasha Taylor Smith, who was a public defender with different political persuasions, I believe she did an amazing job defending Kyle Fitzsimons. I think that, that a lot of them, I mean, some of them have had less than stellar representation. But like I said, we have also had some men that have had some amazing representation with the same results because we're up against a stacked system. I would say th thanks to the, the chat room, the tips for Stephanie Green, uh, Jason Barker, and Tom Cooper. Thank you for the tips. Good to see you guys here. Good to see you, Riley. Uh, Vince Agnelli, my buddy here. Okay. Um, Tom Cooper says, Don and, and guests, thanks for another great show. God bless you and stay safe out there. Yeah, I mean, really, I uh, bless you, Vicky, because, I mean, this is, like I said, you're not only – a lot of people, and I, I admire, I mean, I'd like to think I would be that way as well for dealing with your grief by becoming so proactive and trying to see that maybe you can get some justice and especially the people that were there with uh, Ashley that day and uh, either in prison or maybe some are fortunate enough like the anonymous guest I had that they, they weren't caught. But uh, do you... At this point, how, how big do you think this is going to be? Do you think that they're going to, because I, I, I sometimes worry if they're just going to just extend this blanket anywhere and they're going to go after people like me just because, I, I mean, I'm 
I'm not defending them other than saying that I think they're being politically persecuted. And I don't think there were any real crimes committed except by very few people. And it ought to be pretty easy to figure out who broke those windows, but they don't seem to want to be prosecuting this. Like they don't want to prosecute Ray Epps. How do you think that they eventually could go after maybe everybody that voted for Trump? I don't know. Well, I do think that's a possibility when you have the president of the United States of America who said he ran on a platform of uniting the American people. And then in 31 times in one speech, he condemns half of America as being insurrectionist and insubordinate and a danger. Then I do believe it's a possibility for them to come after every single Trump supporter, because that's what he just said. He just said the president of the United States said in one speech 31 times that Trump supporters are the enemy of America. So I absolutely do believe that's possible. That's why Americans need to wake up because like I said, if your constitutional rights are not guaranteed to every single person in this country, they're guaranteed to no one and it very well could be you next. And people do need to right. remember that. They do need to remember that. No, that's the, and that's the essence of, of, of empathy. And it's the essence of, of being a civil libertarian and people, you know, I went, it was Alex Jones or anybody, when I was defending these people, it's like, it doesn't matter what I think about them. It doesn't matter. It's it it's not. they're being treated unfairly. If if this, yeah. I I would although I'm certainly critical of Black Lives Matter and their powerful connections and Antifa and everything. If if they treated Black Lives Matters protesters or Antifa protesters the way they've treated these people, I would feel the exact same way. This you can't hold them in prison for a year and a half and deny all due process. It doesn't matter what they're charged with. It does and, not. And or what they may be guilty. And and not to mention the fact that kangaroo courts where we know that. And now that they've uh, had the January 6th show hearings where the entire country has seen them, they can't get anything moved to another jurisdiction because every jurisdiction will be as biased. And we've seen what happened in uh, Michael Sussman, the trial, you know, Hillary Clinton's lawyer, the only the only person that that uh, uh, was was tried, uh, you know, that was the other side. And of course, they were found not guilty. How do you think? I mean, do you think it's possible for any of these J6 defendants to be found not guilty, no matter what the evidence in a a Washington, D.C. courtroom? No, I don't. I think that they're all going to get the book thrown at them, and our only hope is in appeals. And I would would also just like to say that, you know, um, maybe some of us don't have a lot of faith left in our voting system, but you still need to go out and vote because that's what we need. We need our we need control of the House. We need a red wave in November and people have to vote in order for that to happen. So don't lose faith in the whole system. And uh, just keep pushing forward. You know, we need to be more diligent about the way we vote and in our machines and our ballot boxes. And, you know, we all saw 2000 mules or maybe not all of us did. But I'm in my in my head 100 percent convinced that that was not a fair and balanced election. And I think that someday that needs to be overturned. Whether that'll happen, I don't know. We're kind of far into the game for that. But I believe that people still need to vote. And I would like to say one more thing about the Capitol Police, because like you said, until my daughter was murdered, there were things I didn't know that perhaps I should have. But what I believe that most Americans don't know is Capitol Police operate with impunity and that they take their orders from Congress. And they I do back the blue, but I do not. Uh, the Capitol Police are not actually a police force. They are, they are an arm of Congress and they take their orders from Nancy Pelosi and they only get an in internal review system. The only way you ever know if the Capitol Police have stepped outside their bounds is if they choose to tell you. And not only did Michael Byrd leave his uh, loaded weapon in a public restroom and in my opinion should have been fired, he also had an ex- a prior excessive use of force issue that was not mentioned by anybody. So he was uh, excused from that as well and we don't even get to know about it because like I said, the Capitol Police only internally review. They do not answer to any external review board and I think that is so 
un-American that that is, and I believe that most Americans don't know that. I didn't know it until I had a reason to know it, but yeah, that's the way they do business. Yeah, and, and, and it's amazing that because we have seen a lot, and you know, I, I think the police deserve to be criticized. I've been very critical of them, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the acid forfeiture type of policing for profit. I think that creates a lot of these problems, but there's been no crit. I, I've never seen such the left worship police like they worship the Capitol Police. They have made heroes out of them. Yep. And it's almost a thank you for your service. And it's all because of who they were in, in opposition. What, what do you think when you hear, uh, we've heard people like AOC, and uh, I was writing an article about uh, the way the FBI is, is going after these people now and going to their homes and everything. Uh, where one of the FBI whistleblowers, I think his name is uh, Friend, Michael Friend or something, that's come out now and talked about all the, you've probably heard of him, he's exposing all the, uh, he was taken off uh, child sex trafficking cases to focus on January 6th nonsense. And he was he was very critical of it. Of course, they suspended him, took away his, uh, his national security clearance. But he was talking about his superior almost coming to tears, much like we see some of these officers do, and talk about how threatened she felt in the FBI building which is a block away, the, the J. Edgar Hoover building, seventh floor of that building that day because uh, she felt threatened that they were trying to take over democracy. What, what must you think? You lost your daughter to this. And you hear people like ridiculous people like AOC that, I mean, there was no threat there anyway. We've seen the video of the guy with the Viking hat on who I think got seven years or something. Where Have you seen that? I'm sure where they're in the, in the chamber there and the cops just kind of calmly walking around and they're, I don't see any threat there at all. What what must you think when you hear those things and you look at those kind of videos? Well, I never listen to AOC. I don't really <laughs> watch. I, I I don't watch the news unless it's, it's something that somebody I trust sends me because it's just too volatile. Um, what I think, though, about them, uh, the lady at the J. Edgar Hoover building, I think it goes to illustrate our point that these men will never get a fair trial in D.C. because the whole city was named as a defendant. And I think that, you know, the seventh floor of the J. Edgar Hoover building was perfectly safe. You know, I think that um, stop clutching your pearls and wait, wait, you know, <laughs> wait till it's safe to take an Uber home and then go home. And if you're scared by by a protest blocks away then perhaps you're in the wrong city or you're in the wrong business. Just like I think if my 110 pound, five foot three on a high hair day daughter scared Michael Byrd to the point where you had to murder her, then uh, he's perhaps in the wrong profession. And um, I wish that he had either pulled my daughter through that window and arrested her so we could ask her exactly what she thinks about the situation. Or if the men that moved out of her, the police officers that moved out of her way to let her go through a window that she did not break and perhaps felt threatened by the crowd behind her, we don't know. Like I said, we can't ask her. But any one of those four people could handle things so many, so much differently, and then my daughter would be alive to talk about it. Sure, and it's it's just it's amazing that when you can contrast the treatment from the left, the the, the liberal media and so forth, uh, with this death, the shooting of your unarmed daughter by a, a cop that it, it okay, at best to put put it kindly panicked or whatever. It was irresponsible, irresponsible use of firearms, has an irresponsible history. The contrast between nobody for how long do they keep his identity secret? We finally found out who it was, but then they, they, he wasn't punished or even criticized with all of those other shootings. And sometimes the country, you know, the, the criticism was right, you know, shooting an unarmed black guy running from a, a stop over a broken taillight and things like that. And of course I was, that was ridiculous, outrageous, but why it's it must hurt you so much to see how 
your daughter is not in especially this age of victimization where everybody's a victim. AOC is a victim. You know, she thought you were coming in. How is your daughter not a victim when she lost her life as an unarmed protester? Well, it is, it's absolutely hurtful, but I would, I would take my strength from my daughter and I would think that Ashley would say to anybody that's sad for her and for me, don't be sad for us, be brave for us and go be strong American people. Well, you, you, you certainly setting a, a, a great example for us. I mean, so what's, what's next for the, you, you, you're, you're planning, you're just going to keep coming at, you pretty much come every day for these vigils. We, Do you? We have been outside the jail every single day. I had to go home, but uh, for two days, but we have had people at the jail, um, you know, even though, even when I was gone, we have been there every single day since August 1st. And your, fa your family is supportive of you. Everybody's on board this. Nobody's thinking, uh, you know, this didn't do any good. Come back home or something. You might get arrested yourself or something. Everybody's supportive of you. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I'd be hard pressed to speak for every single member of my family. We're such a diverse group, but uh, yeah. you know, there is some concern for my safety out here. I'm gonna be completely honest. Some of them, some of my family, think that you know this is a dangerous city, and they're right. But I guess I just don't have enough common sense to be scared yet. <laughs> or, well, or maybe. Maybe I'm too angry to be scared. Uh, you know, I really don't know. But no, I've not. Uh, even the night I got assaulted, I wasn't really in fear for my personal safety. It was a SWAT on the hand. But, um, you know, like I said, we've had some counter protesters. They're mostly just little girls with whistles. And I'm not asking for anything more serious. I don't need more serious counter protesters. I'm just saying that, um, you know, I guess I don't have I, I, I'm not scared yet. So I'm here until I'm scared, I guess. Or maybe even beyond that. I don't really know. Well, it's again, it's 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 amazing that that we're in the situation we are, and we have political to talk. If if you can mention some of what what are some of the most compelling stories? You mentioned the the Munn family, I think you said, where all six of them could face <laughs> unbelievable, could face prison for walking yeah. inside the. I mean, this is, and I I I think I'm the only one that questioned this. I, I don't understand how you there it would even be a crime to trespass in the Capitol building. And as far as I that's the representative body, the people's body. But as far as I understand, most of the time the Capitol building is unlocked. And for some reason it was locked that day. Very kind of mysteriously, I think, until you know the cops opened the doors and waved everybody in. But what and are then some, locked them behind them? Yeah, yeah, yeah some, some of the most uh, compelling stories I've heard. Um um well, we we I we stay in an uh, an Airbnb here in Maryland, and there are six of us. And one of our housemates is Tommy Tatum. Tommy Tatum is not a January six defendant, even though he has tried to go talk to the FBI and let him know. Um, Tommy Tatum was in the pile of people that uh, Roseanne Boylan was in the pile of, and in in the process of saving Tommy Tatum, our housemate's life, um, Jake Lang, Officer Maccabee, and John Mellis. Um, are all facing assault on police officer charges when really all they did was try and make a hole in the crowd and uh, resuscitate Roseanne Boylan and try to save her life. You know, you're killing her. You're killing her. She's dying. She's dying. She's dead. And then they tried to perform CPR on her. And um, in the chaos of the crowd, uh, you know, um, they're being charged with assault on police officers. And I believe it's defense of, of a third party. And I think it's American citizens' moral obligation to prevent murder. And it doesn't matter if the perpetrator of that murder is wearing a freaking uniform. And that's what those men did that day. And they're facing, um, you know, essentially life sentences in jail. So those are compelling stories to me. Um, 
you know, our veterans, our, our veterans that served this country for 30 years and are now behind bars for, for um, you know, whatever various things they're sitting behind bars for. Uh, but like I said, um, let's let's see what let's see. Let's see the footage. Let's charge them. Let's stop letting them sit 637 days in pretrial detention without charging them or showing them their discovery. So to me, these are all compelling stories. And uh, like I said, it's not my it's not my intention to suggest everybody there that was a, that day was a Boy Scout. But I have seen plenty of footage and I've not seen anybody commit a crime worth 637 days in solitary confinement. No, I don't think so. What, what, what Tommy Tatum? You know, why do you think he hasn't been prosecuted if he was right there uh, doing the same thing or whatever? Why he hasn't been prosecuted? He has. I'm not suggesting he should be, but I just no, I no. He he's not been prosecuted. He's not been questioned. He's not been called as a witness because they don't want to talk to him. Taylor Hansen, who was feet from my daughter when she was killed, he's tried to get himself subpoenaed, but it doesn't fit with their narrative, and they won't tell the story that goes along with the narrative, and so they don't want to talk to them. But these both are people. Tommy Tatum and Taylor Taylor Hansen are all are both men that have tried to put themselves in 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 the subpoena wow. situation. Please call me and ask me what happened. And the government doesn't want to talk to them because they know what happened. Well, just like they don't want the 14,000 hours of, I mean, 14,000 hours of video footage. If you're, if you're investigating something and the January 6th commission has no interest in that, right? Yeah. Pretty suspicious, right? Yeah. I mean, what, how, how I mean, would, wouldn't that be uh, essential to your investigation? Doug Waters, you be. make it. Doug Waters makes a good point, and Chris has another question here. Have you met Have you met with Brian Sicknick's family or the suicided cops? Christopher Stanton, George's window. He's a, Christopher Stanton was uh, is an interesting guy too. Have you met with any of those people or talked to them? I have not. I have not, but when we, we have our signs of people that died that day and we do our roll call every night and we include Brian Sickening as a victim of that day, because like I said, I think his blood is on the hands of the Capitol Police because he had a stroke and they let him look, go lay down and become irreparable. But how can you and he or actually we died on the seventh? But how, how can you or okay. we or anybody trust the media that lie? And some of them are still lying that lied for weeks claiming that he was hit in the head with a fire right. extinguisher and tried, and even when his own right. family was saying, how, I mean, you must be really disillusioned to see if whatever reporters you see to look at them and realize, well, these people are paid to lie for a living. They are. And, you know, and I, I tell you to the January 6th committee, they're still lying about that. They're saying that several officers died that day when yes. one officer died, but not as a result of anything that the Trump supporters did. He died the day after. No officers were killed by Trump supporters that day. And four, four unarmed American citizens were murdered by the police that day. And that's something else they don't want to talk about. And this sham January 6th committee hearing. How can you have a January 6th committee hearing without talking about Ashley Babbitt, Michael Byrd, Roseanne Boylan, Kevin Greeson, and Benjamin Phillips? Any single one of them. And for that matter, Brian Sicknick. How can you have a January 6th committee hearing that does not address any of those deaths or any of those people. And if Michael Burge, your friggin' hero, put him on the stand and ask him some friggin' questions. Right. And and they're they're still saying cops were killed because that uh, that's they are still saying about. that. They're yes, still they saying are. that because that FBI person that uh, told the whistleblower, Mr. Friend, when he was uh, he when she said something like and he said, no, there's there, no officers were killed that day said something like, uh, uh, you know, you're not you're not being a good teammate or something like that. I mean, they just it's it, they're just lying. I mean, how can I mean, I and I've talked to some of my friends and I, I, I've i lost so many people over the years over uh, Trump. I mean, I'm a Trump agnostic, so I, I'm not I catch from both sides. But I, I was so many people from the Trump derangement syndrome people that just they want to believe the worst about these people because they were there. 
for Trump and they despise him. And so I, I think you're right. And what I suggested, uh, I don't know that they're going to be satisfied until they can lock up everybody that ever voted for this guy, because uh, the hatred there is irrational. The hatred there is irrational and the hatred for the American people that supported him is irrational. You know, the way they're coming after every single one of them is, is irrational. Let's see the comment there. Many, many male January 6th prisoners were hitting cops because they got tired of watching the cops beating on women. You heard, I mean, from what I see, the footage I see and the testimony, it, it sure looks like the cops were inciting a lot more violence than the protesters were. Well, that that's what originated. You know, it was a peaceful day until it wasn't a peaceful day. It was a very peaceful day. You hear that from everybody that was there until it wasn't a peaceful day. So what happened? What happened? And I suggest that it happened after that red flare went up in the air. Have you seen the red flare go up in the air? No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, there was a red flare shot in the air and then suddenly it was on. And, uh, you know, like I said, the Capitol Police engaged in warfare. And uh, it's like you said, um, uh, American men. A lot of the footage they show are people reacting angrily to Roseanne Boylan's death, um, people acting um, angrily to Ashley Babbitt's death, to their friends and their their wives and their mothers being pepper sprayed in the in, in the face before. I mean, they were never even asked to leave. Like I said, their first inclination that they were no longer welcome there that day was a flash a flash grenade hitting them or or a rubber bullet being fired from above, which is lethal force. When you fire a rubber bullet down on somebody's head that is lethal force that they unleashed on the american people yeah there's a comment in the chat room uh gary mcbride has footage of fellow cops accidentally spraying sicknick in the face and actually yeah. are heard saying so I, I he's talked about that a lot what have you seen that footage or what do you know that no i don't watch a lot of the violent footage that, that I, may I have caused his that yeah that that probably did contribute to his death and and um you know um like I said, Gary McBride is is the form the foremost uh, expert on on the footage of of things that happened that day, and and so many like one of the cases we watched from the FBI, um, the, you know the prosecutors give him those leading questions and stuff, and the FBI um, agent said, well, yes, I've been on involved in six cases, and and then the prosecutor says, well, you must have seen a lot of footage, and he says, yeah. Yeah, probably over 50 hours where I'm going to tell you what, I'm, I'm in a house with people that do 50 hours a weekend. I'm telling you, they pour over this footage inch by inch and, and foot by foot, and, and they know everything that's in there. So, you know, you can you can uh, rest assured that if Gary McBride says that footage exists, it does exist. Have you had the stomach to watch? And I mean, I, I haven't watched one second of it, but I, and I, I, I don't know whether you might have an interest just because of your personal stake in it, but... Uh, have you watched any of the of the uh, the sham hearings with the Liz Cheney and all these people? No, no. Yeah, no. I mean, it's, I I don't know how you could, but I I just I don't know if they're having any more. They haven't talked about them for a while, but uh, it's it's just again, it's just amazing to me that there, as far as I know, there wasn't uh, there wasn't one second that where the only Republicans on the uh, panel were as bad as the Democrats, Liz Cheney and yeah, the other guy that cries. Kinsinger, Kinsinger. Yes. <laughs> and Kinsinger, in case in case anybody wants to know this, Kinsinger actually donated to Michael Byrd's Give, Send, Go. So I don't know how that, uh, see, I don't know how that makes him a non-biased member. And Liz Cheney, she just doesn't count at all. So I don't really know nah. what to say about that. Kinsinger, but wow, that's, an, so so yeah, how could, but, but as you said, they're not mentioning your daughter and they're not mentioning Michael Byrd. So, I, you know, this apparently it's not even part, how do you not even investigate a shooting death that was associated with it. I mean, that's just amazing to me. 
No, all of it. All of it. Like I said, the January 6th committee hearing is nothing but a circus and a, and a dog and pony show. And I believe that the last one, they said that it was canceled because of the hurricane. But I also heard on, um, you know, one of the more uh, right wing uh, talk shows that it was canceled due to lack of interest and that some of the mainstream media had actually said that they were not going to uh, preempt some of their program to show programming to show these things. So I believe that it was canceled due to lack of interest. So thank God for that. Well, and, and one one great tip of the hat to Tucker, because Tucker has been much better in this than anybody else. I think it was him that prevented Fox, because Fox News didn't air any of their hearings ever, I don't think. And, uh, and I, I think that was because of Tucker, and he would comment and ridicule on it, ridicule it while it was going on. So uh, yeah. for what it's worth, so what? who else in the media, you're on Rudy Giuliani's show. How many other interviews have you given? Have, have, have anybody, uh, you haven't heard from Alex Jones, which is a little surprising. Right. Well, I did Steve Bannon's show. I did at CPAC. Okay. I was on his stage for just a couple minutes. Um, okay. Owen Schroyer. Um, okay. Pete Santilli. Um, gosh, it seems like I've been all over the place. I've been on Wise Guys with Newsmax. Mm -hmm. um, oh, my goodness. Um, uh, Chris Carter. Uh, okay, see you. Yeah, some and I've done some radio shows and um, Sovereign Souls with Mel Howley. Um, uh, uh, there's, there's, well, that, it sounds like you've made the rounds, and I certainly appreciate you coming on my show. Uh, uh, there's a question about Michael Bird's lawyer's corrupt connections. Do you know anything about that? Oh, I do, but I'm not making the connection in my head right now. He was, uh, oh my gosh, whose lawyer was he? My, Michael, oh, he was somebody else's lawyer, okay. Yeah, he was somebody else's lawyer, and it was a very corrupt situation, but I just can't bring it to my brain right now. I apologize. Well, Chris, Chris maybe if you know, I'm sure he knows. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, let, him, let him refresh my memory. And then yeah, refresh, if you can refresh your memory, Chris, uh, what, because I'm sure he knows. He's uh, He'll probably come up with this in a second. But uh, No, and I do know there's a sinister connection there that he was, uh, that he represented somebody questionable, but I just can't bring it to my head right now. Yeah, he'll, I'm sure he'll come on in a second. But uh, well, that's that's interesting that you've been. So, have you? Do you hear from people? Do you get uh, a lot of people uh, contacting you and uh, as far as supporting you? And how's how's the four Ashley.com? Is that is that doing well in terms of getting support? Well, you know, people have been amazingly supportive and I can feel the prayers of the American people. You know, there's a lot of haters that'll say stuff like that. But like I said, I don't watch the news and I have a pretty good team of people around me that kind of, I don't want to say protect me, but they filter some of the things that I have to look at. And um, so I appreciate them for that. But I have had amazing people reach out and say amazing things to me and be amazingly supportive as, as well as the other side with the haters and the, um, and the people that, that, you know, are our adversaries. So, um, sorry, I got a little distracted. No, um, the American people have been amazing. And the four Ashley uh, website, um, there's a call to action page on that as well. And uh, I have been able to be here in DC through generous donations from American people. Okay. Well, looks, because okay, I'm not, I think, like, uh, I said, like I said, I'm not that white privileged person and I don't have, you know, an extensive bank account, but I, and I have, but I have had a lot of support from American people and um, that is why I've been able to be in D.C. for three months now. Okay, it looks like the guy, the lawyer's name is Mark E. Shamel, and he's yeah, openly Shamel. justified. Well, he's he's openly justified Black Lives Matter violence and called for the Department of Justice to create a massive white nationalist domestic terrorist. Jeez, ah, 
Wow. Yeah, there was something else, though, because that's not what's really ringing my bell. I mean, um, yeah, he was directly involved with some other case that is is uh, infamous. Okay. But well, I'm not sure what that was. Okay, well, maybe he'll be able to get that back. But, I mean, again, obviously all these people are uh, – you don't know him, though. Do you know you don't know Shamel, do you? Or Shamel? No, I don't know. No, I don't I don't, I don't. don't hang out with people like that or know people that know people like that. I, You know, I have – like I said, I, I, I've lived a little housewife life in San Diego, California, which I miss very much. And I, uh, I wish that that was still, uh, you know, my path mm -hmm. forward. But, uh, you know, unfortunately – uh, my daughter is publicly murdered and I can no longer be that person. So um, for whatever reason, this is where I am and this is where I feel like God wants me. And like I said, I'm surrounded with amazing people and um, um, we're just doing our best to uh, be a voice for people that don't, that no longer have a voice. You know, I would, I would like to have half the voice my daughter did. And I try to conduct myself in a way that when I do get to see her in heaven, she'll say, mom, I'm proud of you. You did a good job. Well, I, I think she definitely would. I mean, you're doing, I don't know how much more you can do as a parent. I mean, you're, you're going to these vigils every day. I mean, you basically, this is your life now, right? I mean, do, what else do you do? This is kind of a full-time job for you, isn't it? Well, it's like I said, it's courtroom during the day. It's outside the court after, and then our vigil at the jail. So yeah, it's, it's a, it keeps us busy. And speaking of that, that's where I have to go. I have to go be outside the jail in a couple of minutes. So it's been great, gotcha. great talking to you. Thank you so well, much. I appreciate you so much, uh, uh, Mickey Whithoff. Uh, go ahead, give any links you want, promote anything you want before you go. Um, um, Americans for Justice with Randy Ireland. Um, it's a uh, for justice.org. Um, uh, for Ashley.com. That's A S H L I. Um, Citizens Against Political Persecution. Cap. Uh, Stophate.com. Dave Summerall does amazing work. And um, you know, again, the Epic Times has, has amazing truths out there to be heard. So thank you so much for letting me do that. Well, I echo Doug Waters. God bless you and keep doing the great work. And thanks for so much for coming on the show. And uh, we'll keep in touch and obviously wish you all the best that you can get justice and then we can finally uh, get some semblance of justice back in this country. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care, Mickey. God bless you guys. God bless you. Okay. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Fascinating. We have lots of people. Let's see if I can catch up on some of the chat over here. And Rockfin, uh, what do we have again? Thanks for the tips, Stephanie Green and Jason Barker and Tom Cooper. Appreciate that. Let's see. Okay, I'll just. Okay, I'm going to move her from the screen. Okay. Um, Alex doesn't exactly do himself. Mark says that Alex doesn't do exactly do himself any favors legally. I can't say I'd be desperate for that kind of well. Well, I mean, he, but he has a, he has a huge listening audience. So I would think she'd want to get his audience. Um, Riley says Alex thinks how can the situation benefit me? Well, yeah, I, I, to the extent I don't know what kind of a player Alex is or how much he's involved in this, but uh, very curious to say the least. Uh, his strategy. See if I missed anything in here. Again, I saw my friend Vince Agnelli. Lots of familiar names. Riley. Like Joe Biggs, it wasn't even in Texas like Sam. Sam was literally employed as camera guy who showed up at the workplace every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think I think it really is unbelievable that uh, I think the guy's name, the cameraman that's been in jail as well, along with Joe Biggs. 
Yeah, I think I'd be making a major production out of that if I was Alex. But yeah, he does. But I think that seems to be what happens when people leave him. Uh, there seems to be bitterness on both sides. And I think that's, uh, unfortunately, that's the, uh, that seems to be the, uh, let's see what we have over here. We get a lot of comments on Facebook. Uh, Chris Graves is acting both of them. But, uh, but just, I mean, I, you know, props to, to Mickey, because again, it's just, it, that's not only do you have an incredible tragedy like that, but that you can, uh, you can devote yourself to, because really she's, she, of course, she's trying to bring, you know, justice to her daughter as well, but she's mostly concerned about justice for the other people. And I think that's incredible that, uh, that, because that, that's, you know, that's very magnanimous and a lot of people wouldn't do that. You know, most people are selfish and they tend to, uh, at least in that way where they're, you know, they're mostly concerned about their own situation and there's nothing she can do about that. Unfortunately, she could, you know, get the, uh, the cop should be prosecuted, I think, but, uh, you know, but she is trying to stop the other, the other people from, uh, I don't know if I'm missing any questions here. Um, the other people from experience and justice, of course, they already are. But um, so, okay, let's see. What uh, White Wolf, good to see you, White Wolf. White, most trials are decided over coffee and the donut shop. The procedures of the court usually form out. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I talked about that in Hidden History. And or survival of the riches. Sometimes I get mixed up which which book I covered it in. But I talked about the it's shameful that most people don't realize that uh, again most people can't afford an attorney, a real attorney, and they end up with a uh, a court appointed public defender who spends on average less than five minutes with their client. So that's exactly right, White Wolf. Uh, they and typically most of the conversation that they do have is based on okay, this is uh, um, this is the best deal I can get you, and it's working out. Of, a plea bargain or a deal. So if you're innocent, your public defender is just going to shrug and you know, say, I, but I didn't do it. Yeah, you know, I don't care. I've got less than five minutes to spend with you. And that's, that's the reality. And so I, you know, I, I can feel for those people and I think of their situation and that, cause I know how close it would be to someone like me, you know, I have radical opinions and uh, I don't go to many events like that, but that's, especially since that there's a, there's a good reason why. Because uh, White Wolf says, I don't know, I want to give you a public defender anymore. Yeah, well, that's, and in the case of these people, I don't know. And one of the things I uh, <clears throat> I would have criticized, and you know, Ashley's mom, like most of these people, again, you know, Donald, Donald Trump has got so many good people that continue to support him. The loyalty is off the chart. I mean, it's, uh, it's mind-boggling. Uh, but, uh, you know, I would, the, the biggest thing in, in January 6th you can criticize Donald Trump for, I think, is all the money he's raised, 200 and some million or whatever his rallies have raised. And he's not talking about, okay, I'm going to set up a huge legal defense fund for all these people that are in prison because of me that are, you know, being denied all rights. Uh, he has said it's a bad situation and stuff like that. Okay, that's fine. But put your money where your mouth is. Why don't you hire the top? And uh, I probably would matter. I don't know that any a team of Perry Masons probably can't help these people with the, the rigged system, but you can try. You can try to hire dream teams for these people and maybe it would make a difference. I don't know. Maybe, probably not because the system is so corrupt and uh, 
Since most people have called on this is White Wolf and picked the brain of the public defender for legal advice. Yeah, well, that's true. It's, uh, but again, I, so I, I, I try to, it, we all could stand to have more empathy, you know, as a society, but most of us don't, you know, we don't put ourselves in the, used to be the saying, uh, you know, there, but for the grace of God, go I, or walk a mile on my moccasins, those kind of things. That, that used to, were expressions that uh, expressed empathy, that people realize, okay, how, how do we want to, and it's all basically offshoots of the golden rule, do unto others, we have do unto them. So, uh, but people don't seem to, well, you know, it's, it didn't happen to me. But, I mean, these people are being denied all rights. And uh, we have uh, freely speaking, if MAGA can't say the United States who or what can. Well, yeah, I don't. The, the problem is that at this point, and as I said, uh, nothing is going to change. Reform is impossible until we outnumber them, until there are more people that awake than asleep. And even then it won't matter because it's the people as much because it's the people in power. And right now it's pretty even, you know, as far as, as, to, as to terms of the people that are awake to some degree, we're, we're catching up to them in terms of, and again, I'm, I'm including the Trump supporters as being awake to some degree. Now they're still, you know, rooting for him or thinking he's the answer, but um, the problem is that people in power and I don't mean just in Congress or the White House or the courts. I mean in business, uh, makers and shakers everywhere, celebrities, so forth. They are, 99% of them are against us that are, are not awake or whatever, or working for the other side. That's the problem. And uh, here it is. Chris says, uh, Michael Byrd's attorney represents high-profile white-collar cases and gets off. Gets the leads off in court from ever getting there. Yeah, well, he's he probably doesn't have to. Uh, he probably doesn't have to worry about you know representing Michael Byrd at all because he's not going to be. Yeah, I don't think he's going to go to trial. So uh, you know, this doesn't matter, I guess. But uh, you know, I'm seeing if we have any questions. It seems like there's more action over in uh, Facebook. Larry Light, I see over in the uh, Rockfin chat. Mark, okay, I'm missing anything here. I'm dealing without my glasses too, so it's not as easy for me to read. Okay, that's the same thing, Chris. Chris, very active as always. I want to, and we should wish a publicly, a public belated birthday to Chris Graves. It was his birthday yesterday. Hopefully, he had a nice one. He, I can't thank him enough for all the stuff he does for me. He's an incredible researcher. Uh, it doesn't look like anything news over there. So, uh, Show sounded great. Here. Okay. So I think we're and there's Tony. Hey Tony, what's going on? Oh, show sounded great, Don. Good interview. Did it? Yeah, yeah. She was that was uh she's a great advocate, isn't she? Yeah, she's she really is. What uh any impressions that you had her? It's just a massive injustice. I mean, it's it's something I've talked about since the day it happened. How can you claim how can you claim we have a country with rule of law and bill of rights? Yeah. Uh, when you have a, 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 an, an upper class that can hire their armed thugs to murder veterans in broad daylight in front of television cameras, I can promise you that had I done anything remotely, 
that sinister or heinous or violent in Iraq or Afghanistan, uh, that I'd have been executed. Like if I, if I would have opened fire on civilians or something like if I would have just with an unarmed person, like they would have destroyed a soldier for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's just, uh, I, I just, I, again, I just find it hard to believe that there's other than people like us, uh, there's that no one else is outraged. Uh, not only that of actually being, you know, an unarmed woman being a veteran being killed like that in cold blood, just expressing your right to protest by a cop who has a problematic past. He's not even really prosecuted for it, but just the fact that this is, and I, I just, I'm so impressed with Ashley's mom that she's spending she's a full-time job now. She's a full-time job. She's dedicated to trying to focus on the, the injustice for the other people. Yes. As well as her daughter. And that's, uh, that's, you got to be pretty big to do something like that because you look outside yourself because uh, there's, and it can't be easy for her to go out there every day. I mean, and, you know, they're singing the national anthem and, you know, maybe getting beat up or something if you try to do it. Uh, imagine singing the national anthem in this day in America 2.0. Are you kidding? That's, uh, <laughs> that's uh, you know, something that's not allowed, but it's, we all ought to remember. I mean, those those people. I mean, Joe Biggs. I mentioned him, and people in the chat room were talking about Alex. And I don't think Alex Jones just mentioned Joe Biggs very often, but he was a big part of that show back when it used to be really good. And uh, our friend David Knight, uh, David Knight was often paired with him. Seemed right. like you know, and they and I, I that was with the best part of Alex. He would send David Knight and Joe Biggs, or maybe Jakari Jackson was big then too. He would send them to the scenes of, you know, the locales that were, you know, something significant was going on. That was great. It was great to watch, you know, the way they were treated and see things on the scene. And uh, uh, I, I'm sure David must feel, because David, I don't know how close he was to Joe Biggs, but it seemed like he was paired up with him a lot. Has, has David talked about Joe Biggs much? Yes, he's mentioned him several times, you know, and he read a letter uh, that Joe Biggs wrote. yes. Yes, the open letter. I I I published that in American Free Press. It was that was really really impressive. It was one of the ones that you know really focused attention on what these guys are going through. Chris Buckin says uh, David Knight is cool. You should go on a show again, Don. I should. You'll be on next. <laughs> I'll be on next one. I hope whatever to, whatever Tony goes on, I'm on there. Yeah. Well, I I was listening. Uh, you know, I listen to David Knight pretty much every day as I'm walking, if, if the weather permits to walk around the neighborhood. And I was listening to yesterday's show, and he dropped my name. It was pretty cool, I guess, because he, he, was, he, just, he was just saying, like, uh, thanks to Tony and Guard Goldsmith and Don Jeffries and Billy Valentine. So I guess he, I guess he just assumes who your guests are going to be. <laughs> I, know who, I know who my guests are. I have pretty much a, a circle of people. That's who I usually broadcast with only. And you're at the top of that list, sir. Well, I I, uh, I certainly appreciate that, and it's uh, it's always an honor. It's always great to go on there, and uh, you know, so that that'll definitely be something. White Wolf says, uh, Dave Knight's the only one left I listen to regularly. He's pretty much the other target has lots of interest. He is, and I, I just as I'm doing this without a guest, like I said, you and I have talked about it, Tony. It is, it is, it is really amazing that he can talk like that. It's almost like a Rush Limbaugh thing where he just talks. Uh, and covers the story and goes on and he doesn't have anybody to play off really. You no. know, and that's, that's that. So it's pretty amazing that he has that kind of energy, but amazing uh, broadcasting. And anyway, yes, he is. And so it's, uh, we're grateful for him. And uh, no, anyway, we'll wind it down. So I, I, I appreciate everybody uh, that joined in today. Appreciate the tips again. And uh, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, Mickey Whithoff, real profile and courage. And uh, I'm going to try to get Ashley, 
uh, not Ashley, Roseanne Boylan's uh, sister on. Hopefully, thanks to Gary McBride for setting it up. Appreciate that. Uh, Gary McBride doing great work. And look for the next issue of American Free Press. I'm going to have an interview with Gary about his work as well. Thanks to everybody again. Thanks for listening uh, to iProtest. Thank <laughs> you.